you're not feeling like yourself anymore. You're not alone. Whether you're concerned about your weight, your energy level, a lack of sex drive, or hormone imbalance, solutions are waiting for you at Nava Health. With a technology-driven approach, Nava's medical experts craft custom plans that adapt as you progress, optimizing your health. Start feeling better now at navacenter.com forward slash POD. That's navacenter.com forward slash POD. Or call 855-680-6282. Results may vary. In a viral video, Dr. Senator Rand Paul called on Americans to resist the CDC's anti-science mask mandates. This resulted in him trending on Twitter with like hundreds of thousands of tweets. And of course, a well it turned into a propaganda war, I suppose, with people saying that he was either pushing, uh, pushing misinformation or peddling other you know garbage nonsense. And so uh, there is a question around whether or not Rand Paul uh, should be listened to, considering we're looking at the expansion of mass mandates. And more importantly, even NBC has written that vaccine mandates could actually hurt the economy because people are going to choose not to take jobs. There, there are companies that are doing mask mandates, that are companies doing vaccine ma- mandates, and there's a lot of people saying, you know what, I'm not going to do that, so then they don't get jobs. And then these companies can't hire, and now we have something really fascinating happening. We have 10.1 million job openings. We have more jobs available than people available to work at this point, which they say is supposed to be indicative of some great economic boom, but in fact, we're coming off of a massive economic recession, so this has people quite worried. Companies are trying to hire. Nobody is available to work. We'll see what that leads to. But uh, we're going to have a fun conversation because we are being joined by the editor-in-chief of the Postmillennial, Libby Emmons. Hello. Do you want to introduce yourself? I'm Libby Emmons. I'm the editor-in-chief of the Postmillennial. I'm really glad to be here tonight. And and, uh, where do you live? (laughs) You're going to kill me on this one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready for it. I live in Brooklyn, New York. Oh, man. So now if you want to, you know, go to the, go to the bodega and get a sandwich, they make you, 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 you got to get like a full physical. Yes. um, That's right. You get strip searched. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's going on. No, but it, uh, but we'll definitely, it'll, it'll be interesting to talk about your experience in New mm-hmm. York and what's going on, especially in light of, you know, what Rand is saying and everything. So yeah, yeah it's interesting. Yeah. We got Ian. Dr. Senator. <laughs> I love Dr. Him. Senator. That's how I'm going to refer to Dr. Senator Rand. Paul. Are they really like not letting people into bodegas without getting vaccines? Uh, Bill de Blasio, the illustrious mayor of New York City, uh, put in place this requirement that you have to show your vaccine card or this uh, Excelsior Pass that Governor Andrew Cuomo created, which has uh, plenty of problems. But the requirement goes into effect, I believe, September 13th. So there's a very limited period of time in which to still enjoy the delights of the Big Apple. I saw you, the- you mean a limited amount of time to escape from New York. Well, there's that, too. <laughs> yeah. Great movie, yeah. by the way. Who was, yeah. who, who was it who uh, played? Kurt the- Russell. Kurt That's Russell. Right. Oh, Snake Plissken. Escape from New York, <laughs> baby. That's my jam. Well, you still have about a month and a half, so right. a little bit, well, about a month. About so, a month, so you know, yeah. good luck. It can be for my birthday. It'll be my birthday Perfect. present. There you go. Clean. We got uh, we got Liddy pushing buttons. I'm here in the corner pushing buttons. I'm delighted to have Libby, as always, enjoy her input and really looking forward to hear what she's saying about what's going on in her his, her city of New York City. And, and and I'll also add, too, Hollywood stars are fleeing for Austin. So to all of the people we know who are like, you got to go to Austin, I'm like, I, nope. I said this was going to happen <laughs> because they're going to bring everyone with them. So I'm certainly – we were looking at Texas. We were like, maybe we should go to Texas. And then I was like, no, I don't want to go to Texas, and I'm glad I didn't. But before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, become a member, and you'll get access to exclusive members-only segments from the TimCast IRL podcast as well as an advertisement-free experience 
you'll be supporting our fierce and independent journalists as well as our new shows. I got the rough cut on the new uh, mystery show, but we're getting ready for the branding and the launch. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. So again, go to TimCast.com, support our work, but don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, give us a good podcast review, and uh, share the show if you really like it. Let's read this first story. You may have seen the viral clip. Senator Rand Paul, I'm, I'm sorry, Dr. Senator yeah. Rand Paul urges people to defy COVID mandates. They can't arrest all of us. That's a bold statement. He says, quote, it's time for us to resist. They can't arrest all of us. They can't keep all of your kids home from school. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and bureaucrats. We can simply say no, not again. Paul also threatened to hold up every bill with two amendments. If any school system tries to keep kids out of the classroom this fall, one to defund them, and another to allow parents the choice of where their money goes for their child's education. That should be law. Anyway, we should have school choice. But he says, uh, there's a quote. Children are falling behind in school and are being harmed physically and physio- uh, and psychologically by the tactics that you have used to keep them from the classroom during the last year. We won't allow it again. Now, of course, there's already a bunch of people who are uh, claiming that he's telling people to outright defy the CDC in general which was the funniest thing I saw from that. They were like, Rand Paul says to uh, to defy the CDC. And I'm like, he specifically said the restrictions that he called anti-science. I don't think he said the entirety of the CDC. And that distinction is kind of important because the CDC does more than just talk about COVID, mind mm. you. They talk about a lot of things. But, um, man, what should people do? I don't know. You live in uh, the, the, the authoritarian hellscape. What do you think? I do live in the authoritarian hellscape. And I got to be honest with you, I thought we had a shot. You know, I thought things were not going to quite get this bad. Um, A lot of people in New York City are vaccinated. I think we have some rather high percentage of New Yorkers who are vaccinated. There are people who still don't want to get vaccinated. Uh, It's not because they haven't had access to it. So at this point, they are making their grown-up choice to uh, undergo medical treatment or not. Uh, For some reason, this is not good enough for the leftist government. Um, de Blasio has always been a disaster. He's been a disaster since the moment he was elected. He is not an intelligent man. He is not a good elected leader. Uh, he has absolutely no principles whatsoever. There's nothing worthwhile about him at all. Uh, but I did not think that he would literally throw the entire city under the bus just in order to, uh, you know, satisfy this this weird idea that he has where everybody needs to just do what he says. So, yeah, so there's this idea, this vaccine passport. Cuomo created an Excel. They, they actually call it the Excelsior Pass. You can oh. download it on your phone. It will track your COVID test results. It will track your COVID vaccine. You can show it. Uh, and additionally, part of the idea with the Excelsior Pass is that if you show it to get into a sporting event or what have you, um, you also have to show, supposedly, your ID. This is what it says on the New York State website. So that they can prove that it's actually your pass. So now, in order to move about freely in the city where you live, you have to show your papers at various wow, places. ID. Yeah, that's what it says on the website. Right. I don't know. I haven't used it. I won't, obviously. I'm never going to download something so the government can track me on my phone. I mean, we're probably already tracked, whatever, but hmm. I'm not going to voluntarily do that. Um, well, this, this this is interesting because it, it's, it enters the public sphere as like, oh, but it's about va- – you got your vaccine right. already. What's the big deal? Right. And you need your ID. And then you need your ID. And then – 
What's next? That's racist. Right? What's next? It's also racist, of yeah. course. As well, it's we racist know. for two reasons. Asking for ID is racist. <laughs> oh, yeah. Democrats said so. Voting. Right. And yeah. it is true in New York and especially uh, many of the places, the black community is the least uh, least likely to be vaccinated among uh, right. racial demographics. Yeah. So that was something I was thinking about, too, because, you know, de Blasio has paid lip service to the black community for a long time. Um even last year when we had all of the BLM protests and then you had the, I forget what they were called, but they were like the COVID tracker people, right? The like test and trace. Yeah, I don't remember. So New York had this like whole test and trace core. And if you tested positive for COVID, um, I don't know if they still do, but they would call you. Um, oh, yeah, I remember And that. track you down. And de Blasio and Cuomo, one of the things that they agreed on during the pandemic was that you are not allowed to ask someone if they have been to a protest when you are doing a, te- a like track and trace thing for COVID. Everything's a protest from now on. So I'm- you're allowed to protest without having. And, and so then they said, like, you know, then all these reports came out that said BLM protests weren't super, super spreader events. You literally weren't allowed to ask people if they'd been to a protest. Yeah. Once they were tracked with COVID, you weren't allowed to ask them. So there's actually no way of knowing whether or not they were super spreader events or not. I, I have a question for you. What percentage of residents of New York City do you think are vaccinated? I think it's something like 60. It is 55.6. There you go. So close. Yeah, yeah. it's it's that's that's half. It's a, so when it's they, a plenty of an amount. I think I think we're going <laughs> to yeah. see more exodus from New York City. I think so, too. Um, there were already like 400,000 really rich families that left during the pandemic. The New York City school system started out um, in 2020 with 1.1 million public school students, a nice, healthy number, robust school system. And I think we're down, we're in like the 800,000s area now. Whoa. Are, are, is this the U.S. just being crushed, like on purpose? You Being what? Crushed. Is the U.S. being crushed on purpose? Yeah. Like by well, look, some other authoritarian no, just, type of like, situation? Well, uh, maybe, maybe not necessarily on, on purpose might go too far, but the policies being put in place are just destroying the country. The poli- Yeah, I think they are destroying the country. I think we have a real ethos problem. We've heard Joe Biden say over and over again uh, that his job is to keep Americans safe. The the president's job is not to keep Americans safe. The president's job is to, you know, run the country the way that his constituents say. And commander in chief of the armed forces to yeah, technically do that and like, safe. you know, keep the country safe, perhaps, but not individuals. And it's not his, his job to do anything other than to protect our rights. And that's not what's going on. Our rights are not being protected when we're being treated as though we can't make decisions about our own medical care. Yeah, it feels like everything being put into place, and I, I probably said this 50 million times by now, is just literally destroying the economy. Mm-hmm. And I, you have to ask, I, I, what is if if we're doing the same thing we did last time and it didn't work last time, mm-hmm. why are we doing the same thing again? Like they're they're putting in policies that, according to NBC News, are going to hurt mm-hmm. uh, job uh, the, the job recitation right. growth. And they're putting in po- they're putting into place policies that will basically just drive people out of New York. And we did hear Bill de Blasio say he wanted to convert the abandoned buildings into public housing. Right. So maybe insofar as it goes with like de Blasio, on purpose isn't that far. Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. 
Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com slash carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson. These last few years have not been easy on our economy. And with tax season finally arriving, there will be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them and pocketing profits for themselves. America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-431-5684 and you'll be in touch with America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS's predatory tactics and put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-431-5684. That's 800-431-5684. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Again, 800-431-5684 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. I think he does want to completely destroy the city. I don't think he has any vision at all or any understanding of what it is that New York is really about. The other issue, too, is a matter of enforcement. So we've seen, I think we were looking at videos earlier um, in France. You see police Mm -hmm. going around to the restaurants being like, oh, let me see your... Let me see your documentation that permits you to be outside of your home. Uh, Make sure you've... What are you going to do in New York? Is there going... Are there going... Yes. Are the police going to be asked to do this? Yes. Because here's an issue. Here's an issue with that. Here's an issue with that. First of all, if the police aren't asked to do it, now you're asking just your basic guy at the bodega to start demanding things of patrons. I don't know about you guys. I get really testy when people ask me for stuff that they're not entitled to about my person, right? Mm-hmm. I was telling you guys earlier about an incident in Philadelphia that we don't need to get into. <laughs> but um, but it's, if it's not your just basic McDonald's employee who gets to demand these things of you, your basic middle manager who then drunk on power is going to freak out at you and start calling you names. If the New York City Police Department is asked to do this, will they do it? You think they will do it? Oh, absolutely. I was talking to some guys at the NYPD that I met at um, some black trans rights lives matter protests over the summer that were actually rather amusing. And uh, I was talking to a guy who said that the NYPD, in fact, declined to enforce social distancing mandates. What happened was it was early on. It was like May 2020. And they were being asked to enforce social distancing. They were going out into the communities where there was the most COVID, most active COVID. So what were these communities? These were mostly minority communities. So they're wandering around like Fort Greene or whatever, you know, like Crown Heights, wandering around like um, Bed-Stuy, looking for black people and Latino people on their stoop having barbecues and then telling them to go inside. So the guys I was talking to in the force, they were like, that was a really super bad look that we were like breaking up. You know, here we are. We're told to be less enforcing 
of things in these communities. We had done stop and frisk, whatever else. They pulled back on that, and now they're supposed to tell them to all go inside. So they refused. They declined to enforce that. They declined to enforce the mask thing. If you go around, if you're on the NY um, New York City subway system, and you happen to spot a police officer, which is not super frequent these days, but if you happen to spot them, they're not wearing masks. Hmm. Lots of other people are wearing masks. The NYPD declined to enforce this stuff. In fact, do you, I don't know if you guys remember, there was a bar in Staten Island yeah. that yeah. was like very vocally opposed. So it was the state police that were enforcing right. that stuff because that's who Cuomo had control over. Well, then the state police are going to come in and do it. Do you think that oh, yeah. the state police would end up with this? Th- th- this is the normal thing they do. They bring in outside cops because, you know, if you're a cop in New York, mm-hmm. you're worried that if the NYPD steps on toes of the locals, then you're not going to be able to go to restaurants. You're not going to be able to, like, you're right. going to get people throwing stuff at you. So it happened in uh, with with Attila's uh, gym. Mm-hmm. In, That's right. In New in Jersey. Jersey. The, the local cops from that town showed up and said, have a nice day, everybody, and left. Right. So they brought in outside cops who came in and said, screw you, with a smile on their face and put the boot down, you know? Yeah, I wonder how that would go down. Um, hopefully nobody ever has to find out. Look, they what did a it disaster. That, they did what a total bar. nightmare. They the, did the, it with the, the bar. The, they shut it down. There was a bar in Staten again. Island. And yeah. the guy was, he wasn't even selling anything. He was like, eh, it's just, I'll give it away for free, I guess. And then mm-hmm. the state police came and stood in front of the building. They, they, uh, I think they arrested the guy, right? Yeah, they arrested him multiple times. And there was literally a bar like a block and a half away that was allowed to operate. And right. he wasn't. That, because yeah. they did like zones. They did these stupid zones. Yeah. There was a as woman. Though, as though these zones are impossible. My son tells me about this. You know, we'll go into a restaurant and then you don't have to take it before. And, and he'd be like, uh, oh, well, that's right. Once we sit down, we can take our masks off because chairs are COVID blockers. It's true. Yeah. He's 11. <laughs> yeah. He's 11 and he sees through this mess. Yes. You know? This is the craziest thing. I love there's a meme where it's like uh, they someone pulls up to a drive through and they're being handed a, a, there's a tray holding the, like the Wendy's bag. And then the person's like, what's this? And they're like, it's your food. It's like, why is it on a tray? And they're like, for COVID. It's like, why can't you just hand me the bag? Because we're trying to reduce contact. It's like, so you mean to tell me that you literally handled the meat, handled the bread, handled the lettuce, you put it all in the wrapper, put it all in the bag, you've touched it all already, and now you've put on a tray that you won't touch, that, so you're not... So you're not touching the bag the one last time. Right. If anything, you've increased the amount of contact you've made by holding the tray. Mm. Just give me the food. Early on at the post-millennial, we were running a lot of stories like that because they were just so hysterical. And there was one with, like, a guy at Tim Hortons pushing out a coffee on a hockey stick, like, balanced (laughs) on a hockey stick. That's really funny. Oh, man. You know, that's not helping. That's That's why I'm saying we are chickens in a chicken coop. I guess some of the chickens are like, hey, something's not right. The, when you guys were earlier talking about state police coming in, it made me think of the Shays Rebellion. Uh, are you familiar with this rebellion? Right after the they fed the uh, the Confederate, basically after the United States did the uh, what is that? Thirteen colonies. Yeah. What was it called? The Thirteen the Confeder- Colonies. Yeah, it was before they did the Declaration <laughs> of Independence. They had like an original document that they were yeah. using. Articles of Confederation. Articles yeah. of Confederation. Yeah, and the go. states had too much control, and their their own police wouldn't enforce like. The Farmers' Rebellion wanted the courts shut down. The police were like, no, let them. We, these are our friends. We're not going to stop them. So they had to call in the, the state police. Mm-hmm. To sh- and then they were like, this is it's too dangerous to give so much power locally. We need to federalize. And in a way, they're right because they were able to organize taxes and military. But, you know, the danger of that is now you can send in the feds. Everything's broken and breaking. And I love it when, uh, you know, we, we pulled up the polls last week. Uh, you probably won't be surprised by this, Libby. 
the majority of Democrat voters believe the economy is fairly good. Mm-hmm. The, the majority of independent and Republican voters think the economy is either very bad or fairly bad. Yeah. What about what's happening has these Democrats being like, this is fine. But they're not paying any attention. There you go. You know, they're just not looking at it. These are the people who are in their homes. They've barely left. These are the double maskers, you know, who watch Rachel Maddow <laughs> yeah, and are probably still scrubbing their groceries, for goodness sake. It's a, it's insane. The real issue, too, I mean, there's so many real issues, but what happens when it doesn't work, you know, when people still don't get vaccinated? No, wait, 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 wait. It, w- whatever we did the past year. Yeah, it didn't work. Cases are surging <laughs> That's again. That's what I'm saying. There yeah. talks, talks, there's talks about lockdowns. Maybe we won't lock down, but we got to wear masks again. And it's not going like, to work. It's still not going to work. So how much are we going to give away? And my favorite argument, too, is the people who are like, you know, we've given up our rights in the past. So what are you complaining about now? It's really <laughs> it's really not that big a deal. And it's like, well, maybe we should have not Resistance given our, is our rights in the past as well. Maybe we should not have capitulated to these authoritarian ideologies well, previously. Um, I got out of the cities. You did get out of the cities. You didn't. I didn't. Nope. I... I did not. So, well, so this, is, this is interesting, though, because <laughs> there's two things I want to hit at. First, we, we, we briefly mentioned a little bit of the New York stuff. But what I've been saying for the past couple of months is that it's like you're in a house mm-hmm. and the garage starts on fire. And you're like, I'm in the living room. Who cares? And I'm like, you, yeah, okay. But the other issue is more importantly, you could argue if I'm sitting in my living room and the garage catches fire – I can go put the fire out. The problem right. is you've got other people in your house holding you back, right. saying there's no fire, <laughs> stop. And that's the New York voter base. That, that should be a meme. That should be that dog meme. You know, the dog meme. And the <laughs> He's trying to fine. put the fire out. This is fine. That should be part of it. Yeah, my uh, – look, I love New York City. I've always loved New York City. I always wanted to live there my whole life. My great-grandparents came from Italy to New York City when I went like in 1911 or something like that. My grandparents were born in Little Italy. My mom was born in Brooklyn. Um, I was born in Jersey because my parents were in law school there. Mm-hmm. My son was born in Brooklyn. I love New York City. New York City is like uh, it, it, these kinds of restrictions and rules will make New York City not what it is. When I go out recently, right, so um, Washington Square Parks downtown, and we've written about this also at Postmillennial. There's been like a lot of um, – police crackdowns at Washington Square Park. I was down there one night. Over what? Uh, You know, they just don't like the kids. They don't want the kids having fun is the way I see it. I talked to some residents and people who live in Greenwich Village, which used to be like a super artsy neighborhood and is now basically just NYU's campus. And so it's like a lot of rich professors um, in their NYU housing or whatever. And they don't like having people in the park past midnight. So the cops can bound. They close the park after midnight. Uh, they try and kick everybody out. And when you walk through Washington Square Park these days at night, it's kind of great. It's kind of like it was in the 90s, right? Like there's a lot of kids making out, making a mess, getting high, like screwing around, you know? Like it, it reminds me of my misspent youth, which I like. And then the cops come in and shut it down. But that kind of New York um, and also in the east side on the lower east side people are always out they're unmasking they're all you know they're like having a good time none of that can last with these kind of restrictions none of that can um, continue the art scene can't continue with that and arts culture also has been so incredibly co-opted by authoritarianism at this point you know it's propaganda they just like do exactly what they're told they create the kind of work that they're told that that 
Yeah. That's the people uh, in New York and how they vote. I mean, it's yes, just... Yes, it is. I, I'm, I'm continually impressed by the cognitive dissonance of the TV says X one day and then Y the next day, but they're both consistent. I just love these memes that are going around where it's like these blue check people tweeting things like, you know, during Trump, why would right. anyone trust the federal government? And then there's one guy and he's literally saying, give me the booster every single day and into they, my veins. Now they love it. Now they love the federal government. It's insane. So, yeah. So... So they're they're voting. The yeah. Uh, how do you how do you save us? This is the thing. Look, a lot of people are like, "Don't leave the cities, Tim. Stay and fight." And I'm like, "Dude, New York's know. like 20 percent conservative." And I'm even I'm not even saying conservatives have all the like have have the right answer. It's no. just the only alternative, and there's yeah. nothing. There's nothing, and and there aren't any options, right? I mean, I'm. I'm a registered Democrat in New York, so that I can vote in the primary because other like who cares about the mayoral primary on the on the Republican ticket? It just doesn't matter. Uh, Eric Adams was on the ticket, and it was actually fascinating to see how many like to see that Eric Adams won that primary. He was the I mean he's Democratic Party machine, so yes, he's far leftist, etc. But he was the most conservative one on the ticket, and people were shocked that minorities voted for Eric Adams instead of Maya Wiley, who was like you know oh progressive and we're like eating rainbow puke and all of that stuff but this is this this is just losing it's losing so yeah do i want to leave cities no i love cities you are partially right though (laughs) um but i did fall in love with dallas recently which was amazing i was down there um covering cpac with post-millennial and i kind of loved i I really loved dallas um so a couple of things one it was really non-judgmental. So a lot of guns. I don't. I didn't see a lot of guns, but maybe that's part of it. Maybe that just keeps everyone polite. <laughs> <laughs> what well, they say in armed society is a polite society. You know. Um, but the people I met were very non-judgmental, very just like open and like, hey, what's up? I would say like people would say like, oh, you know, what are you doing here? And I'd be like, I'm here for work. Nobody asked me what I did for a living. No one cared. I, I respect that. that. Um, I've lived. I've spent my entire life in the Northeast, where who your family is matters, where you went to school matters, what your job is matters. Like all of these little things matter. And the only thing that doesn't really matter is who you are personally and individually. You know, all that matters is like the trappings of who you are. Mm -hmm. And in Dallas, it wasn't like that. Um, There was this great neighborhood called Deep Ellum where I went out drinking pretty much every night, which I really, that was fun. But another thing that I liked too uh, was that it was a, a big city, but it didn't have these same, it didn't feel like it had these same kind of constraints. Oh, I mean, Texas is open, isn't it? Yeah, Texas is pretty open. I was in Houston last week, which was different than Dallas. What was the difference? um, Houston is a little more, it felt like a little more glam, I think. It's also not as walkable. Dallas was a very walkable city, which I liked. Like, I could walk to all of the places I wanted to go. Um, Another thing I liked, too, though, just, you know, and maybe it's just because I spent my whole life in the Northeast and it's changing so quickly into something that, where I don't feel comfortable, where I where I don't feel like I can be part of life there. Like when I was in Texas, I've never spent I've never spent like any time in the South ever mm. in my life. Like I've been to Florida. When I was eight, I think we went to um, the beach in the Carolinas. You oh, know, yeah. Ocean Isles, nice. I don't know. Like I was there's a picture of me in a bathing suit. Like I don't really know <laughs> what's going on. Uh, I remember the condo was cold. And that's it. So I've never spent any time in the South, and then. It was amazing to have absolutely no point of reference. Like, there were no memories anywhere. 
there were no in New York everywhere I go like every street I walk down every corner you know it's like oh I remember that I remember that I was recently walking with friends and I realized that we you know we kept passing theaters where I'd had work performed and you know I don't do theater anymore um, but I was like every time I was like oh crushing a little crushing a little crushing uh, nothing like that in Dallas which also is open and free and comfortable and people are non-judgy and you know, maybe maybe I can, I don't know, maybe I can make a new life. So, I'm also, I'm really interested in moving the post-millennial to a southern state. So we've been kind of talking about that. Um, I hear Tennessee is great. Tennessee. Got to yeah. visit Tennessee. I, I would say, yeah, Tennessee I, or Kentucky or mm-hmm. West Virginia. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm open. But what's sort of, mar- like, what I keep marveling at is that I've never been open to leaving the Northeast in my entire life, <laughs> like, ever. And now I'm just like, oh, my God, <laughs> put me in my car but, 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 and drive south. But look who's being driven out. So you mentioned, you know, a lot of people who left New York were, like, wealthy. Mm-hmm. It was, like, um, upper class. Sure. Lower upper class. It's, mm-hmm. you know, not necessarily people who are millionaires, but Well, people- they, they were able to keep their apartments. The people who moved? No, the millionaires. Oh, right, right, right. Exactly. They the just ultra- went to their other house. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The ultra rich were like, I'm going to go stay in Martha's Vineyard for a little while. <laughs> like uh, Obama. They party with him this week. Exactly, weekend. exactly. But a lot of people were like, we're moving. Mm-hmm. And they had the ability to move very quickly. So they're well off, but not necessarily the ultra rich or anything like that. They're leaving. But you're not ultra rich or anything, and now you're leaving. <laughs> nope. Yeah. So, so they're driving away <laughs> you. They're homogenizing mm-hmm. the city. The only people who are going to stay are going to be diehard authoritarians who are just like whatever de Blasio says I will do no matter what and they do or the really poor the people who can't leave the or the who really will now live uninformed. under the boot yeah people and the people are, yeah and then the New York City public school system which I watched uh, decades of rebuilding and so that like you know my friends who have money were sent who could afford private school were sending their kids to public schools um I sent my child to a public school after his private school closed. Uh, I can't afford the private schools in New York City. It's like $45,000 a year ridiculousness. Plus, they're trash. I mean, that's the other piece is they are trash. Um, At the end of the school year this year, a couple of my son's teachers, uh, I want to say, came out to me as conservative. Oh, my. And they were like, we really like what you've been doing. There's too many people (laughs) who do that. Sorry. No, you know what? And they should just speak up. Now, they're in teachers' unions. They were handing me Maya Wiley flyers or whatever it was. Wow. And they were like, we have to hand you this. And I was like, I'm not voting for you know, I've had Maya Wiley. <laughs> I've had Antifa people do that to me. Mm-hmm. When I was in Portland, I, really? had, I had black block masked Antifa walk to me and be like, dude, we love your stuff. And then I was like, what, what are they doing? They are <laughs> serving the machine. Yes, serving the machine. There are people who, well, to be fair, there's probably the people who are talking to me were like, I like that you try to at least – you know, give the information, but we still don't like those guys. So they can say, oh, you're cool. You're all right. But they're still zealots. Mm-hmm. And that's and it's still a problem. But when we have tons of people, I can't tell you how, how many emails we get where it's like, I really wish I could say something, but I can't. I'm like, dude, then we're, we're screwed. Okay? We're screwed. I agree with you. I get those emails, too, from people who, right. you know, were in theater and that I've worked with. And they're like, oh, I'm still trying to hang on to my theater career. And I'm like, cash it in, dude. Like, well, so- chuck it. Start over. Let's do something else. But and everyone always responds. It's easy to say, you know, when you don't have kids because they're these people have kids. Mm-hmm. You've got a job that you can move with that actually you yeah. the, your cultural positions benefit your yeah. your career. A lot of people don't have that. And I'm still saying, dude, look, I get it. I don't have kids, 
But I can tell you this. I'm worried about the future for the next generation because people won't speak up and defend their kids. That's right. If you're not going to defend your children and the world they live in, then you're, you are giving them trash. So as for uh, leaving New York, I will say, mm-hmm. I say get out of the cities. And a lot of people are like, Tim, but what about Texas and what about Florida? I'm like, good point. Miami's pretty cool. The weather is brutal. <laughs> the weather seems The bad. weather no. is like, it's like you might as well go live under the sea. It's like humid <laughs> and raining all the time. But DeSantis is doing a pretty good job with the state. They're, t- they're coming out and saying like, oh, the COVID and all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, at this point, if people have the, the opportunity to get the vaccines, they don't want to do it. I don't know what a country is supposed to do if you like, the, you know, I guess de Blasio forced people to do it. But I digress. Here's the problem right here. From the New York Post, Hollywood stars are fleeing to Austin amid the COVID-19 pandemic. And I warned y'all this would happen. When there's that comic of Joe Rogan and he's got his little pull, pull bag, you know, whatever, his roller bag. And he's walking from California, Texas, and the bag says liberal policies Should have been on a it. fanny pack, by the way. And there's, <laughs> it says liberal policies on it. And there's a cowboy saying like, hey, hold on there, mister. Why don't you leave that where you got it? Everyone's like, yeah, but is Joe Rogan really going to be bringing these policies with him? He may be fairly like lefty in a lot of ways, but he's very anti-authoritarian and he has staff Mm -hmm. and he is going to run a business like with, with, you know, he's got, he's got his comedy uh, aspirations. He wants to, he He wants to have shows. He started a club. There you go. Got to hire people. So what's going to happen? The people from the industry in California are going to be like, well, Joe Rogan's hiring. I guess I'll go out there. And those are rational people. They're not far lefties, but they're a little lefty. They'll probably still vote Democrat. And then the rest of the Hollywood stars are going to be like, did you hear that Elon Musk and, 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 uh, you know, and, and, uh, all of these really fun and, and amazing people are moving to Austin. I should go there too. And I've got a bunch of Hollywood celebrities being like, Austin's the place to be. And guess what? They're going to bring all their staff. And they're going to bring all their lefty politics. That's with them. right. Because the, because the person who makes $50,000 a year carrying the, 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 the coattails of some Hollywood celebrity is not going to be conservative. They're going to be like, uh, uh, to, to those according to their uh, needs or whatever. That's mm-hmm. what they're going to be advocating for. So they're all going to come, mm-hmm. and Texas is going to go. Well, maybe. You think? I, th- I, I definitely think so. Well, Here, if look. that's the case, okay. So if that's the case, uh, so the New Yorkers are fleeing to Florida. We've seen that. Uh, Californians are fleeing to Texas. That's happening. So where, where the hell are we supposed to go? West Virginia. Mm-hmm. West Virginia. Texas, uh, oh, Tennessee, Kentucky. <laughs> I almost said Texas again. I mean Tennessee, Kentucky, uh-huh. West Virginia. I know Louisville is a. Uh, has some interesting stuff going Where's on. Where's that? Louisville. Yeah, Louisville. Kentucky. Louisville. See, I don't Louisville. even know. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't <laughs> even know. Ian was like, what's that? What is that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Who's point. that? Good point. I well, don't even know. Uh, Louisville, actually, that's in Colorado. So maybe. Yeah. Let me just yeah. pretend I got that mixed <laughs> up. Uh, Nashville here is doing pretty pretty good. <laughs> right? You know? Yeah. You've got... Uh, Daily Wires Daily Wires out there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, see, everybody... want to visit. It was, it was so reactive for everybody to be like, Texas. And I'm like, that's like a trope about Texas being this like free and very red state. It's like it was almost 50-50 this past couple mm-hmm. past couple of elections and Austin is deep blue and it's attracting all of the hipsters. It's it's been since South by Southwest as far as I can remember. Right, that's very true. hipster. Well, Austin has been for a long time. What about like right. maybe Eastern Montana? Okay. Oh, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Montana and Wyoming, 100%. Oh, yeah, Wyoming. Especially you you want to go live in the middle of nowhere uh-huh. and yeah. rough it and figure it out for yourself. Do it, do it. it. I, do that. I think Bozeman might be a little blue, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm saying eastern Montana. Yeah. I've yeah. driven through there. It's awesome. It's Nothing. beautiful. You can't even yeah. get cell service. <laughs> I'm like saying, miles, look, so miles, we, miles. we were, we didn't want to move to a place where we're going to get the influx of 
the the progressive faux activist. I don't even think it's fair to call the Hollywood stars leftists. That's unfair to you, leftists. <laughs> it is. Like if, if if I can sit here and have a conversation with an actual communist who believes in communism and genuinely believes in communism, I can respect them actually standing up and being honest. These Hollywood, even though I disagree with them, the Hollywood stars they don't believe in anything. They're no, just they saying don't. they're they just don't. like. Bleh. So we're looking at places. They're to opportunists. Go. Absolutely. They're like whatever whatever the the corporations want me to say, so they pay me they're money. Models, mm-hmm. glorified models. Yeah. They're, they're market, it's marketing. It's marketing. They're they're, they're yeah. literally marketing tools for movies and for shows. So of course they're going to side with corporate America and say whatever they, they think will sell more. Doesn't mean that they don't know stuff. Some of them are probably incredibly educated well, on well, the thing. Well, sure, so James Woods. Yeah, yeah, you get you get the. He's a little mean though. You know, your job is to keep your mouth shut, though. So if they are, if they do know what's going on, they will get ostracized if they speak up. Like a James lot of Woods. Times. Like <laughs> what happened to me, basically. I stopped getting called back when they stopped my YouTube videos. 2007. That was rough. Look, we, we, we were trying to find a place where we can get away from the cities, have space, and, you know, expand. And we were in the Philly area, and it was it was nuts. It was one of the worst states for restrictions. And they told us, like, in March, don't go outside anymore. Unless you have no choice. They were like, don't walk around with people. And we were like, this is crazy. It's insane. But we look at Texas and I'm like, I can see what's going to happen in Texas. I can see what's going to happen with these Hollywood, California, Arizona, Colorado. They're all going to keep coming in. And then there you go. You end up with hipster blue state. Now, West Virginia is losing people. People are because there's a there. There's this phenomenon. that's really fascinating. Even in red states, urban centers tend to be blue for some reason. So even in West Virginia, you have blue areas mm-hmm. the people who are there uh, there's an article i was reading in the ap and they were this woman was like i'm a teacher and this is horrible the state is terrible i'm leaving i'm going to texas and <laughs> i was like yes get out of here <laughs> west virginia man you've got a lot of opportunity we were looking at some small dying towns mm-hmm. i was like wouldn't it be cool if we went to an area that used to be bustling with life and it's got buildings and infrastructure but now it's an opportunity zone because the industry left we could save money we could have available uh, resources and internet Find a bunch mm-hmm. of towns just like that. The yeah. problem, no good airports. Mm. So bringing people in would be impossible. So then we find this area basically, which is the compromise where we're close enough to an airport, but mm-hmm. kind of far away. But this facility is still in Maryland, so it kind of sucks. But there is that. I mean, I love this idea of like revitalizing a dead town. There's a there was like a town in, an entire town in Connecticut. I think I saw like a year or so ago. The entire town was for sale. Wow. Um, Megan yeah, McCain talks about this. Well, I don't want to live in Connecticut. <laughs> but Megan McCain talks about this on Instagram a lot. She's like, you know, let's let's create a new place to live. We'll just all go move there. And I, there's something to that idea of like, just everybody just go to some town and turn it into a place where you want to be. Like all this, solar panels on every roof. You don't need a central electric grid. Well, whatever That'd you, be awesome. you know, that yeah. could be your town. Well, you so uh, we're we're planning this. You can have different towns. Yeah, so we can have different towns. Each other. Yeah, we have a train. We have this. Totally, w- we could get like some light rail going. That'd be great. Yeah. You, you, you think we're joking? I'm not no, joking. No, yeah, no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm not joking at all. We, this is, and this, and this, I need a place to live. So let's build, <laughs> let's build one. No, no, no. We're, we we've been planning it for the yeah. past couple of weeks. Nice. So we need um, a bigger production facility. This this place we're in right now mm-hmm. can can host a few of the shows we're doing. But we've got so much happening and so many people that we're like, okay, we need a, a, another building. We need another space because we we don't have the offices for this place. I love how the media is like, Tim Boo bought an eight-bedroom mansion. It's like, yeah, we rent out half of it for production. And the other half is basically a green room, essentially, where people are, like, working. Plus, why can't you have whatever you want? Like, well, have your big house if you want. 
Well, sure, sure. But what I mean is <laughs> they, they try to make it seem like the purpose of the house is oh, like no. we're all we're all just like we have a theater room and a game room and a bowling room. And it's like, well, we have an office, an office, an office, an office, an office, a studio, yeah. studio. So we need another building so we can actually alleviate some of that pressure. And so that and you can have the bowling room and yes. the game room. Yes. <laughs> actually, yeah. I mean, we do have a skate park here. Two lanes. Which is awesome. Right. Yeah. I mean, but, to be fair. So here's the plan. We were I was looking for these these places in West Virginia where we would just start building something. Because it's 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 actually surprisingly not that expensive if you're building just like a, a, a standard like office unit kind of building, mm-hmm. and uh, I we, we we went to I forgot where we were going I don't, I don't remember where we were going the mall or something, and we took the scenic route and we drove through a bunch of these small towns in West Virginia that were just nothing, like they're just little houses, and then I was like a lot of these places are for sale for cheap they need to work to fix them up, but why bother? trying to build this massive unit and get utilities installed and all that stuff when we could literally buy like three of these houses for the same price and then have twice as much space as we normally would. We wouldn't have the acreage, but we'd have a decent amount of acreage. Mm -hmm. And then we actually just have a little urban hub, like, well, suburban hub where we have like that building. Oh yeah, that's where they do video editing. That building is where they do the game design. And so then you have a little town instead of a building. Right. I think that'd be epic. That sounds really badass. Sounds way better than going to Austin with a bunch of Hollywood celebrities who are just like vomiting up faux activism. And who have absolutely no principles. Yeah. Yeah. That's and then you're in West Virginia, is, yeah. which is the second reddest state in the country. Okay. You, know, you know, the funny thing is, though. Uh, I'll come. Like, I'm, to- I'm, I'm in. All right. Bring, uh, bring, <laughs> bring your friends. We'll bring the post-millennial to the new town. We'll be like the resident <laughs> newspaper. Great, yeah. This is the, this is the funniest Newtown. thing, though. Check it out. <laughs> I've, uh, I've long maintained this, even going back to the days of like Ron Paul. Because uh, I don't completely agree with Ron Paul's conservative positions in a lot of ways. But I do agree with his libertarian positions of, like, leave me alone. I'm like, I like that. See, the issue is, if you're a true left libertarian, you're better off voting for and supporting right libertarians. Mm-hmm. Real ones. The problem with, like, the libertarian party is they're all kind of, like, out of their mind. Except for right. now you've got, you know, Dave Smith and the Mises Caucus guys who are pretty savvy and, and on the level. But here's the thing. There's no situation by which you can vote in the modern system, left libertarians, and actually get a cooperative system that you want. But if you have in a Ron Paul-style government of limited government, then you and your friends can be free to get together and do what you want to do without being oppressed by outside forces. Which really should be, you know, that's that's Americanism. That's like yeah. what that is. It's an individualistic perspective. What we have on the left these days is so much of it is about um, – you know, these principles that they, they tout these principles of compassion and whatever else, but there's literally nothing that they wouldn't sacrifice for this mythological conception of the greater good. We were, we were talking about this with, with, uh, Vosh. I think this was on the bonus segment because I, I didn't talk as much on the bonus segment. We argued mm-hmm. a little bit more. And, uh, I think Charlie had brought this up. Charlie Kirk brought this up. And then I, res- I agreed that basically there's, there's no real good way to scale left libertarianism. Because the idea of libertarian socialism eventually becomes authoritarian because there's no way to enforce. Once the lines of communication go six degrees of Kevin Bacon, then you're forcing people to do things they don't want to do. It's, it's, it's an impossible thing to scale. All governments mm-hmm. probably become authoritarian, right? Well, right libertarianism to a certain extent, maybe not. And I don't mean far right, like laissez-faire capitalism. I mean like leaning more towards free enterprise with light regulation, like very light then you'll end up with people choosing where they want to live, buying what they want to buy. It's 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 negotiated. It's trade. But you got corporate authoritarianism in that direction. That's why I said light regulation. So you have you have the means by which the people can still cooperate to stop the centralization of power. And so here's what I'm saying: if there is a left libertarian system, 
how does it expand to actually encompass and guarantee your rights in a large space where you're hundreds of miles away from somebody else? You need like isolated pockets of it that can co-interoperate. But so the issue then is there's not – so if, if, you, if you had a government that was left libertarian, that is, is encompassing, encompassing the entire state. You then have people in the northwest part of the state saying, I don't agree with what the southeast is imposing on us. And now you are getting into authoritarianism. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily uh, that it's be- it is authoritarian. It's that people are not going to start fighting and it's hard to have a cohesive system. If the system itself is right libertarian, then you can be like us here up in the northwest. We operate on the left libertarian principle of libertarian socialism. If you want to move here, here are the rules. If you're not, that's fine. You can go and do your own thing. And then everyone agrees and they all work together and they can share their vegetables without using money. And then the right libertarian people is the overarching system where it says we're going to leave you all alone unless there's the non-aggression principle. And unless you've got the currency and the negotiating skills, you can't come in and and screw with these people. Then on your own little hippie farm, you can do whatever you want. That I think works out pretty great. Maybe um, unless except that it's a very similar type of thing, right? Because you still then have a uh, sort of group ideology that rules everything and individuals are not permitted to go against that group ideology. But like in a small farm. I don't know. This like if like I own sort of a like farm a and you want to live. T- type of thing. I mean, That's if it's right. your farm, right, exactly. and it's like your actual farm, then I wouldn't move there if I didn't want to go along with your thing. And there you but go. like then we're also, you know, cults do that too. Like, did you guys see that Netflix documentary about uh, that little town in Oregon that was taken over by this weird cult? It was like no, wow, weird like public sex cult huh. thing. It was no. very, <laughs> it was very oh, interesting. weird. It was weird. I'm, I'm saying yeah. there, there's there's one very famous commune. But they pushed out all of the people who lived there originally. So the people who lived there originally had this sort of – they were just like doing whatever. You know, they were mostly older folks, uh, retired. There was like a little cafe or whatever. So these cold people moved in. They all started wearing the exact same outfits all the time. And they basically ran for city government and they pushed out the people who were there. And they took over the town. Right. That's, a th- that's when you get into authoritarianism. That's right. why I'm saying left libertarianism doesn't scale. It okay. eventually just becomes authoritarian. So the, the 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 true ideal of left libertarianism would be like a farm mm-hmm. with like a bunch of hippies hanging out and they're friends with each other and they're a family or whatever. It I guess a little utopian. It, I, there's a very famous one that's uh, got a hundred a uh, hundred person capacity mm-hmm. and people apply and then they say here are the rules and then they come in and they stay as long as they want and when they're done they leave and then then it opens up a position for someone and else. Somebody to come else in. can come in. Yeah. So it's it ca- it's capped at a hundred mm-hmm. and everyone knows the rules and everyone agrees and they you know arbitrate disputes between people but for the most part it is a, a cooperative and the people with seniority are the ones who basically say like okay if you're new here we're going to protect mm-hmm. the people who are here but people rotate. Interesting. You get bigger than that and it start you start swallowing up other people's jurisdictions and then it just becomes why can't we have why can't we have a city that uh, respects people's individual liberties and doesn't capitulate to authoritarianism like maybe a nice nice big city with some because people don't want to work <laughs> that's that's probably it so i think i'm so happy to work i'm so grateful to have a job all the time i'm like too. yay yeah. i have a job but look at what <laughs> we're look at, look at what we're seeing now <laughs> with the, the the current the current trends in in business the labor shortage I, I saw somebody post uh, somebody posted a, a meme and they were like it was it was two two stands like you know kiosks and one had a huge line of people and the other didn't mm-hmm. and the huge line of people said seventeen dollars an hour and the other kiosk said minimum wage and then they, they they commented like maybe if these businesses paid better wages people would want to work there and I say that's not true the problem right. isn't that they're not paying enough it's that the government's paying them for nothing well that's what the president said the president that. basically told there was like a one of those stupid town hall things on CNN. And a business owner was like, hey, I can't get anyone to come work at my restaurant. And 
Biden was basically like, maybe you should pay more. Mm-hmm. So here- the guy's like, oh, yeah, I should I should pay more with, like, restrictions and, you know, how so, is he supposed to make any money if he can't get anyone to work there? So it, it, it's obvious. If you're paying someone 16 bucks an hour not to work, that means they can literally sit there staring at the wall or play video games. Mm-hmm. If someone comes and says $17 an hour to work 40 hours, you'd be like, you're paying me a dollar an hour. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Because the, because zero has now become 16 bucks an hour. Right. The interesting thing about this is that people will accept the $300 bonus check until $300 is literally worth nothing. Because mm-hmm. think about it. Let's say right now the government's like, okay, $300 per week is a bonus. And you're thinking, okay, 300 bucks, that can buy me enough groceries for about a week. Inflation hits because they're mass printing of money without any resources being produced. So within a couple of weeks or a month, now you're, 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 they're like, okay, 300 bucks can get me about 65% of the way through the week in terms of groceries. I'll take it. It's free, right? That carries on until eventually you're like, 300 bucks. It's a free cheeseburger. Right. I'll take a free cheeseburger. Right. No matter what happens, it's just, it's free something. No matter how much or how little it is, it is a free something. So until $300 becomes worth zero, people will never give up free money. Granted, a free yeah. cheeseburger, you'll still have to get a job then. But then we're still driving hyperinflation. Depends on how big the cheeseburger is. But yeah, I mean, I think also part of the devaluing of work and devaluing the work ethic is part of our culture that devalues life. Uh, we devalue the individual. We say, you know, you're not worth anything unless you're famous. You're not worth anything unless you're rich or any of these other things. You know, uh, be driven by your pleasure principles. Don't be driven by... Uh, interest and responsibility and you know stewarding families or any of this you know we're the the message that we get is to like it's idiocracy right it's my yeah. judge's idiocracy is like sit around jerk off eat cheeseburgers and don't care about yourself don't care about other human beings don't care about your own worth I was if aliens thinking. ever come to earth they will shake hands with humans, not because they overcame nuclear weapons, but because we overcame the Xbox. That's a, I can't remember what that, what that quote is from. It's a little bit old because Xbox is. Or a know. little bit old, yeah. Well, no, I mean, everyone <laughs> plays PlayStation, right? That's the real issue. No. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> uh, video Microsoft, games. Are you shilling for Microsoft right now? No, I'm mocking them for being, oh, okay. you know, less popular. Xbox. Uh, video games trigger, you know, dopamine. Mm-hmm. Right. It's replaced our actual goals and drives and desires. I, we are addicted to not doing, t- we're not doing substantive things I, anymore. I've been feeling nihilistic lately, and it's partly, I think, and I'm kind of trying to locate why, what I've come to is I keep wanting to solve the world's problems in, it's in this lifetime. I feel like I can, and I, I'm going, if I don't, then I fail. And it's driving me insane because it's such a big, problem and, and group think and, and herd mentality. And I realize, or at least I'm thinking, maybe we're just planting the seeds of the trees we'll never see. With. Yeah. Well, of course, it's a it's a long game. It's a long project. But also, isn't the project have a lot to do with, doesn't the project have a lot to do with um, how we interact with each other on a personal level, how we go about our daily lives? Being kind to each other is so meaningful. You know, like, I don't think that that can be overestimated. I sounds dumb and Pollyanna-ish, you know, and I've been accused of Pollyannaism before. Pollyannaism, where you're just like hopelessly optimistic despite uh, it's, being this is hit fun. with meteors it's, all it's, the time. It's a, it's a dog sitting <laughs> you know? in a burning building. Yeah. So this yeah. is fun. But I do think that I do think that the what really matters in life are the the kind moments that we have with one another. I think that's what. I think that's what I want to. I want to. I want to. I'm gonna. We're gonna jump into this guy right here, Philip DeFranco. Oh, we're gonna talk about Philip DeFranco. Okay. <laughs> um, I used to be a big fan of Philip DeFranco. He was his own guy. He uh, started on YouTube a long time ago. One of the OGs. 
and he built up this uh, this news company. He had SourceFed, and I was always I was always like, man, this guy. He works hard. He was calm, rational, reasonable. He interviewed Gary Johnson. He brought alternate alternative voices to the political debate, and I was like, this is cool. It is cool to see that through YouTube. We can we can hear more from people like you know the Liber- Libertarian Party. Uh, gr- granted, the Libertarian Party, you know, <laughs> little Jack Sparrowy. But uh, today, I just see these tweets from him, and it's like he's just become so mean. He was just, always kind of snarky like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's one thing. I, I don't know, man. Maybe maybe I'm just wrong. But uh, I've met him a couple times. I've talked with him, and he always seemed to be willing to listen and kind of more reasonable. Yeah. Like. When the media ecosystem was was on TV yelling and, 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 and things like that, he always presented the news in a way that was more so like, well, let, let's take a look at what they're saying and why. Like, let's be reasonable. Here's what he has now. Phil DeFranco tweeted, imagine having the, cre- the eligibility and access to get the vaccine and saying, nah. Also to the pearl clutchers offended by this tweet. Yes, I am calling you stupid. And you can go F yourself, you ignorant, selfish F face. He then posted again. F man, damn it, this isn't me. I missed the mark. I would really like to apologize if you'll give me the time to read this. I saw that tweet when he said that, and I was like, that's cool, man. That's like Phil. And then I read what he actually posted. (laughs) Just kidding. Ha ha ha. F you again. And the people saying, oh, wow, name calling is really going to convince me. I'm done trying to convince you. That's over. I'm just going to mock you for believing a bunch of F-face grifters monetizing misinformation and or ignorance, ignorance over scientists using the most recent and relevant info. So look. I'm not going to cry about it. It's like, whatever. I don't know. You know, he does his thing. That's fine. But I saw that and I'm like, what happened to us? What? What? what, what? He wasn't always like that. No, he, no, no. He was sexy Phil, dude. If he you was, know Phil in the early days, his video channel was sexy Phil. Straight edge. S-X-E <laughs> Which Phil. Is straight edge Phil. Yeah, pure <laughs> Phil being sexy in his bedroom, all black and white, <laughs> chilling. Mystery Guitar Man writes his killer theme song. It's Phil. He's what? a normal dude. But, but even even six years ago. Like the last time I saw him at VidCon or whatever, and he was like, hey, you know, he's really nice, really calm, really chill. Now he's on Twitter just calling people F-face and insulting them. I was thinking this about Sarah Silverman, too. It seems like, and I don't know if it's indicative of celebrities only, but it seems like people that are kind of tertiary or on the outskirts watching what's happening have like a snapping mental break moment. And then it comes out in some dumb Twitter post. Remember Sarah Silverman was like, just get over it, people. Like, she just had it. This is Phil just having it. Yes, but he's also, he he also was on the wrong side of the Covington kids thing. Hmm. It's not, it's, it's, it's been a gradual thing where. Oh, Phil? Yeah, the dudes, like, look, man, I'm not, I'm I'm not going to cry that he's calling people these, these things. I'm asking, I'm just asking, like, why is that happening? Probably because he people, doesn't have anyone around telling him he's an idiot. <laughs> I mean, his wife's pretty cool. But you look at what happens She's when really these cool, things actually. happen, right? Now, there'll be some drama. They'll be like, oh, you know, Tim Pool said X or whatever. All I'm saying is, why do you got to be so mean to people all the time? Why is everyone constantly trying to be mean? I don't want to be mean to Phil. I was, I'm, I, I, was, I was a big fan until mm-hmm. I started seeing him tweet stuff like this. And I'm just like, I don't like people being just mean directly to other people. He's he's got kids. I think he has two kids yeah, now. He's so he's maybe he's being like overly protective of it and bought into the the hype. The media and I, hype. I, I also want to say this too. That's still not an excuse to be like a total no. dick, though. Also, but, but I also did say what happened to us. I'm not absolving myself yeah. from any of the responsibility for the things I've, I've said, said some either. Horrible hmm. stuff to people in the last twenty years. And I'm just years. wondering, like, man, can we just kind of look? I'm not going to be unfair to myself. I genuinely try to avoid directly insulting and name calling i do a very good job but sometimes i'll mock people and i'll like you know i'll do like you know really snide impersonations of them but i genuinely i generally try to avoid things like this that are just 
really nasty, really low, really angry and mean, no forgiveness. That's like the key thing here. Like what happened to being like, yo, let's work this out. Let's be nice to each other. But one thing that is going on too, and we can go back to the, I mean, discussing this vaccine passport situation is that is bullying, right? Saying to people, you can't go to work, you can't work out, you can't eat out. You can't participate in life unless you do this thing that I'm demanding that you do. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. That's a me, bullying thing to do. That's a mean bully thing to do. And so I understand. From the same people who are constantly saying like, oh, don't bully. We have to have special sessions in all of our schools and so here, here's what I want, here's, here's what I want to point out. When he says, I'm going to mock you for believing a bunch of F-face grifters monetizing misinformation and or ignorance over scientists using the most recent irrelevant info. You know what the you know what the the, the the nail in the coffin for me this one uh, for for me on this one is one of the biggest issues from UPMC University of Pittsburgh and Carnegie Mellon University researchers and researchers identify groups hesitant about COVID nineteen vaccine and they say hesitancy held constant in the most educated group those with a PhD by May PhDs were um, were the most hesitant group while vaccine hesitancy decreased across virtually all racial groups. They say blacks and Pacific Islanders had the largest decrease. They mentioned that those with high school educations or less were the most likely to reduce their vaccine hesitancy. So here's my, my overall point about what, what Phil is doing. Not only is he being really, really mean to people, but he's, oh, he is also very, very wrong about what he's talking about. The people who are being misled or, you know, whatever are not more like, First of all, why would you be mean to somebody who is confused by, by lies? Right. Mm-hmm. Like if people, when people believe bad things, I don't say you're a stupid moron. I say, that's not true. Let me show you the proof. Mm-hmm. So why come out and insult them? And it turns out of all the people he's criticizing, he's criticizing people with PhDs. Now I can't tell you why people with PhDs are the most hesitant. I have no idea. So the point is, are we going to pretend like people with PhDs are stupid? Okay. Well, isn't that the science and academia? We have a re, we have a very serious conundrum of perspectives here. This is a, this is a, this is this is science. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to trust science, right? Mm. Okay. Well, Carnegie Mellon University and University of Pittsburgh are saying PhDs are the most hesitant group. They're also academics, and I want to know why they feel that way. I'm not going to scream at them, insult them, and deride them. And I'm also I'm I'm, I'm not trying to be mad at, at Phil either. I'm just hoping people kind of chill out and we can have real conversations again. You know what we did with Charlie Kirk and Vosh? I thought was incredible. And there's a photo of all of us where we're all just standing together and everything. <laughs> and I'm like, look at that man. You know, they, they, they come here, they meet, they laugh, they made points. They don't agree with each other at all. Mm-hmm. But at least we can have something where we can sit down and be cordial. Twitter is a nightmare. We should we should just, you know what? I'm for one regulation right now. Ban Twitter. Just go mm-hmm. and get it's rid of text, it. text. Communicating in text. That's where all this this dumb mis- miscommunication is, seems mm-hmm. to be stemming but from. But where's the anger coming from, dude? From like, like the Twitter lack of emotional <laughs> interaction. Like when it's all text, when right. I etch something on a wall and then you walk in and look at the wall, we're not having that emotional connection. And so I can you know, see where the anger, why I, I build. I write like tweets all the time. Dumb thing. Mm-hmm. I'll write a tweet and then I'll delete it. Yeah, you I did that today. <laughs> I do it like seven times a day. I'm like, here's how I feel and I don't need to share that. Yeah, you I got do it that out. too. I kind of should have done that the other day. <laughs> <laughs> why? What did you tweet? I tweeted about how New York City's vaccine passports are a total disaster oh. and I'm definitely going to leave New York. I, can, you know I you still know have not. <laughs> so people are like, oh, let me have your apartment. And I'm like, Girl, the joke's on you. You don't. Yeah, want that, was, uh, that was that uh, was Dana Schwartz. <laughs> it was a couple journalist. of people. So there was. Um, but no, it doesn't get good light, and it's you, not in a neighborhood you want to live. What in. neighborhood? You, so, well, so you, I'm you, not going to say where I live. You posted a tweet <laughs> saying the vaccine yeah. passports were wrong, mm-hmm. and then it actually made it to the front page of Reddit r slash all, 
Oh, the funniest it? thing about it was the comments were all calling you an anti-vaxxer. Right. <laughs> and it's like, you, you're, you're vaccinated. Yeah, I'm like, vaccinated. And, but see, that's the thing. Yeah. This is the tribalism. The point is that, that, the point is that that's my choice. Nobody should have to show their medical status in order to move freely and about their society. ID? It's insanity. And their ID? And their ID. Show your Nothing. papers? Nothing. We always... I, 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 we it, should have a right to live anonymously in our cities, for God's sake. Well, it's not, it's not only that. It's that how, how, how many times have we heard showing your papers was the wrong thing, that we should never that have the authority a, demanding yeah. papers from people going about their business? But you have to watch saying anything about that, too. I mean, you have Marjorie Taylor Greene comparing, you know, vaccine passports and mandates and things like that to uh, Third Reich huh. things, and she gets totally slammed for it. So, I mean, you can't – There's also this. there's also this thing where you can't make comparisons to historical realities. This is whether it's the right perfect or, whether example. It's right or wrong. This is know, the perfect example of tribalism. The fact that when they see your post saying like we shouldn't mandate this stuff, the response is anti-vaxxers are so dumb. Even mm-hmm. though you are vaccinated, right. it shows that they don't care about reality. It's the other. You know what I just watched the mm-hmm. other day? Have you guys seen Electric Dreams? No. It's on uh, Amazon. It's a Philip K. Dick short, oh, yeah. shorts mm-hmm. or whatever. Do uh, dude, you guys got to watch the tenth, the, the final episode. I think it's episode ten. It might be episode eight. I don't know. It is about this guy, and it's like in the near, it's like in the near future, I guess. And there's one candidate left in the race, and so you vote to affirm the, the president. And then this, this so this, she's a female candidate, and she's being interviewed, and she abruptly says, "Kill all others," oh, and yikes. then changes the subject to education real quickly. And then the interviewer is like, "I can't believe you would say something like like that about education." And then this guy's like, "Wait, what?" She just said, kill all others. Why isn't anybody talking about this? And he gets his wife and she's like, what are you talking about? I don't care. He goes to work and he's telling all his friends. And they're like, man, who cares about politics? Right. Then a few days later, there's a billboard that says kill all others. And there's a, a, a person hanging from a noose. And then they're like, oh, it's just politics, man. It's a, it's a gimmick. It's a dummy. And so this guy keeps coming out and saying like, why are you doing this? Why are you advocating for this? And the people go, what are you? An other? Why are you defending them? He's an other. And that's how you identify yourself. It was a brilliant episode. And the gist of it is basically the authority makes a declaration. Mm-hmm. If you oppose them, you are the person they're talking You're about. You're the problem. And yeah. that's what's happening now. If the government says, we're going to do something abusive and authoritarian, and you say, mm-hmm. I don't think you should do that, they say, then you're the Nazi, you're the you're fascist, the you're the anti-vaxxer. You're the problem. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, it's risky when you're dealing with totalitarian regimes because if you come out against them, you'll get murdered. But if you create an, an alternate path, that often can work. It is it is extremely creepy to me what's happening with everything about how you you quite literally have people who last year were were vaccine were anti-vaxxers and we all called them anti-vaxxers right. It was hilarious. Right. Now like those people who wouldn't get their kids vaccinated for, against like the measles and so we had like a measles outbreak in California. I, I'm, I'm, like I'm, I'm, I'm talking about last year when they were all of these blue checks were ragging on FDA and the CDC oh, and, and, and mean, the big pharma. You mean like when Kamala Harris was like, I wouldn't trump, trust a Trump yes. vaccine. <laughs> and Cuomo. <laughs> and then all these crazy? other personalities. Can I tell you something? So we wrote about that, uh, the Kamala Harris vaccine thing. Um, we wrote like a little, we wrote about it at the time, Kamala Harris as opposed to the Trump vaccine, you know, or whatever it was, some headline. And then recently we wrote about it again. We were like, let's just remind people that she said she wouldn't trust a vaccine, you know, from the, we were fact checked for that. And it was like, she's, this is what she said. The, the article was, this is the thing she said. Right. Do you guys remember this is the thing she said? That's all it was. It was like, it was who, like, who a, it was it? like a, a blip. It was like 200 words. It was nothing. It was like a, um, I think it was, was it 
science feedback maybe it might have been science feedback did you but also the thing do you remember in the spring dr senator uh rand paul was talking to fauci and they did like two segments there was like a march segment and then a little later and similar questions so we wrote a story about like this is what he said in March. This is this was their conversation in March. This was their conversation in May. We got fact checked for that for for not enough context. We literally wrote down the things the senator said to the doctor. We wrote those things down. Did you see that Facebook? That was missing context. It was literally the conversation. Facebook labeled the CDC fake news. No, <laughs> no. There was a CDC article saying that they were recommending a change in the PCR test to like a better test, and then because of a fact checker. Label, like, I, I guess what people were saying was like, aha, this means the test didn't work. And then mm-hmm. the fact checker, was, fa- fact checker responded to that link saying, that's not true. It did work. It's just a change in methodology. But it automatically applied the fake news tag to all of the posts. All that, is to that, to that post from the CDC. That is amazing. Because yep. social media knows better. They know what the narrative is. And anything that diverts from the narrative is false. Well, I hope you're ready for this one. We're in for a wild ride. NBC News says mandating vaccines amid a worker shortage could spell trouble for corporate America. It's so hard to find workers now that if you know a certain percentage of your workers are going to quit due to a vaccine mandate, you're not going to disrupt that, said one HR expert. So we're in a labor shortage. We've got 10.1 million job openings, and we don't even have that many people available for, for, for work. They've said now the ratio of jobs to people is 0.9 down from one. It used to be like for every one job, we had people who weren't looking for work. Now we have more jobs. I guess you could say it's a good thing. It means like people are like, hey, we're open for business. We need employees. But mm-hmm. it's actually a really bad thing. Yeah, it means the, bi- the-, the, bi- the the economy won't be able to recover. Mm-hmm. We don't have the people. Nobody will work. And now that they're doing mask mandates and vaccine mandates at a lot of these businesses, people are going to quit. It's going to get worse. And also, yeah, I mean... I wouldn't want to go to work and dehumanize, be dehumanized and dehumanize the people around me. I wouldn't want to do that either, especially, you know, when I could buy a $300 cheeseburger. That's right. If uh, if inflation gets to those levels, then you can mm-hmm. have your $300 cheeseburger. Yeah. You know what I really love? I, I made a point where I said, we, when we had John Schnatter on the show, Papa John, he mentioned in the member segment mm-hmm. that he knows a pizzeria where they're paying 35 bucks an hour to people for people to make pizzas, which is That's unheard insane. of. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, so enjoy your $50 pizza. And then I get all these people being like, Tim, in Sweden, cheeseburgers are still only $5, and they have blah, blah, blah. Sweden is like one of the largest weapons exporters per capita. Uh-huh. Don't right. come to me and talk to me about what's sustaining their economy, okay? I'm not saying that quite literally overnight your pizza is going to cost $50 because they're paying 35 bucks an hour right now. It, I'm, what I'm saying is, sure, at a store with massive volume where mm-hmm. they're doing hundreds of cheeseburgers per hour, they can accommodate higher salaries and wages, and they should. Absolutely. Sure. McDonald's and Birkin, all these places, they should pay more. They have massive profits. Same is true for Walmart. But when it comes to a small mom-and-pop pizzeria, if you got to pay someone 35 bucks an hour, how many pizzas are you making per hour? It's going. That's that's a 50% increase in labor costs. Yes, your pizza is going to go from $12 to $14. And then people are like, ah, it's only 2 bucks. Who cares? I'm willing to pay that. If it means that people are going to have better salaries, right, and better wages— Health insurance. And health insurance. I mean, sure. people deserve health insurance. I think the bigger problem is that health insurance shouldn't come from employers. Right. We need to find a solution to that. That makes no sense. But the, the issue ultimately is that it ripples throughout the entire economy. It's not about the one pizza costing 14 bucks for you right now. It's that the guy who can't feed his family because it's too expensive now asks his boss for a raise and it goes up across the board.
Yeah, it does. It, yeah, well, that's inflation. <laughs> that's the problem right. with it. Yeah. Well, so this is the these mandates. What people don't realize is that people are going to leave cities. Mm-hmm. They're going to quit their jobs. It's going to make the economies worse in all of our big cities. Maybe. Yeah. No, it is going to make. I mean, I'm not going to go anywhere that requires me to show paperwork in order to enter. I specifically, absolutely, will not. I'm going to make it impossible for me to do that. I'm going to like destroy my vaccine card so that I can't. You know, people. I can't people even have already lost in, theirs. You know. They ought to. Like, let's all lose them. There was a video in Italy. They're burning their right. their passes. Vosh, As well, they should. Vosh said this on the show, and I thought it was a really good point because I didn't consider it. He said the problem with vaccine mandates for, like, New York, for instance, that a lot of people already lost their cards. Yeah. yeah. It, it was too big. It didn't fit in your wallet. They didn't know what to do with it. Plus, and they nobody cares. Lost it. Like, I got vaccinated, and that's done now. The other thing, too, is they kept saying they weren't going to do it. Mm-hmm. So people were like, oh, okay, I guess I don't need this. Well, the federal government promised they said it over and over again. I mean, you had Jen Psaki in the uh, briefing room being asked this question over and over. Are there going to be federal vaccine passports? And no, we're not going to have a vaccine credential. That We're not going to do that. Absolutely will not. We will work with businesses who intend to do that and make sure that they do that in, in the appropriate way. There will not be a federal credential. Uh, even if there's not a federal credential, there should be a disallowance of any yeah. sort of credential that mandates that. That should just What's, not even be allowed. What was that meme? Um, I think who mentioned it? It was like a whole lot of people who, uh, what was it? Oh man, I'm forgetting it. I just forgot it. It's on top of my tongue. Okay. It was like a whole bunch of people who were like anti-fascist are now show me your papers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Something like that. Quick switch from. Yeah. 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 Last year. Yeah. Yeah. It was like oppose the dictator. Now it's show me your papers. Mm Mm-hmm. Isn't that funny how that works? The interesting thing, too, with Trump is when you ask people what were some of his authoritarian fascist policies, they can't actually name any. It was did just resist the individual that you really, really think is over the top and obnoxious. Did you see Ben Shapiro on uh, Bill Maher? Yeah. So one of the things that Bill Maher said when he mentions Ben Shapiro's book. And I book, talked to him last week. I did an interview with Ben Shapiro. With ben? It was oh, interesting, right yeah. He has the, the, the authoritarian moment, his new book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Bill Maher is like, I thought you were going to talk about Trump. And I'm like, please tell me, Trump, what? Mm-hmm. I can, we can talk about war and foreign policy because that's what every president's been doing. And I'll agree with you there for sure. But Trump did a whole lot of nothing in a lot of ways. Yes, that's correct. He, he didn't shut down the riots. <laughs> he wagged his finger and said, oh, the radical left, and then didn't do anything. That's a really good impression. No, <laughs> yeah. I don't so they they call him an authoritarian, and I'm like, for what? Why? Yeah, there's no there's nothing to back it up. It's just a word that this is used for someone you don't like. It's the other. It's that other thing. I guess the idea, the one thing I could say is the people who are willing to believe, like, just follow Trump no matter what Trump said. But that wasn't the majority of conservatives. Conservatives, like the Republicans, the people who voted for Trump were more than willing to criticize him, as evidenced by the fact that you actually have this weird, agree- like, Independent voters and Republicans are leaning in the same direction right now. Mm-hmm. Clearly, independents, people who probably vote libertarian and third party, aren't Republicans. But they all recognize the economy is not good. But for some yeah. reason, the Democrats. You want to know what authoritarian is? Authoritarian is when the economy is in flames. Nobody's working. Massive job openings. We've got uh, warnings from our mainstream media saying this yeah. is going to get worse because of the mandates. And the Democrats being like, I think the economy is going great. You know, I get, fairly good. I get confused when we say the Democrats. Are you? Do you mean the the politicians or the people that are registered? I'm ref, I'm ref, referring to a poll which says Democratic voters believe voters, the economy voters. is doing good. So they're not Democrats. Like they are only the people 
the, only the politicians are considered Democrats. No. The voters are just people. They're not Democrats or Republicans. So the way the polling works, it asks you which party you're affiliated with. That's, they, they that's are confusing because when you say the Democratic Party is full of idiots, mm-hmm. I think of Congress. And that, in a lot of ways, I agree with you. But the people that register as Democrats, I don't want to put them in that in that ballpark. That's that's. It, but they are. They're the ones who Ian, are doing Ian, this Ian. voting. I've registered Ian. Democrat for like 20 you, years. I was do, way... Oh, you're a registered I was Democrat. Well more, I'm a registered Democrat. Yeah, you're not yeah. a Democrat, Ian. though. You're registered the, to vote for Ian. that party. Right. Is the economy doing good? No, it's terrible. Why <laughs> is it then that independent voters and Rep- Republicans recognize that, but Democratic voters think the economy is doing good? Because they watch MSNBC and I think Libby pointed that's that out earlier. That's what it means yeah, when they, they say... Rachel Maddow. They identify as Democrats... They all believe the same thing. Whatever the authority tells them, yeah. they follow. That's authoritarianism. Lemming mindset. Mm-hmm. That's authoritarianism. Strict adherence to what the authority tells you. It's like Michael Brzezinski said. It's her job to tell you what to think, remember? It's the narrative. I mean, it's, it's, that's what everybody is fighting over. In media, too, that's what everyone is fighting over. It's like, uh, every, you know, there's like two stories that are being told and the media is arguing over which story is the accurate story. And people aren't wanting to just put out facts and say this is the thing that happened this is the thing that this person said i i don't think the media is doing that i think you the, don't think so you don't think that the media is like intentionally skewing towards a specific narrative they are but you, but uh what you said was something more specific what i'm saying is they're not trying what the media is doing is they're saying whatever at the time will benefit them politically that's all they're doing they're, they're not, opportunistic they're not talking about making anyone here to yes and the problem, the authoritarianism, uh, authoritarianism comes from the people who are like, oh, Rachel Maddow said the other day that she doesn't trust vaccines, but t- today she says she does. So I guess I will too. That's authoritarianism. Rachel Maddow said so. Don Lemon said so. Mm-hmm. Let's just do whatever they say. <laughs> Meanwhile, you have regular people who are like, dude, like I, I, I vote Republican for the first time. You know, uh, Donald Trump. I, I never. I voted for Obama before him in 2020. Yeah, the. Uh, I don't want to vote for. Uh, I wouldn't vote for Trump again. Probably. You would not vote. For no, Trump I, I think DeSantis is the right is the better choice. But to be completely honest, I'd rather have a Dave Smith. Mm-hmm. Although I recognize the Libertarian Party's weakness in terms of the two party system of this country. We'll see how things play out. I really, really despise the idea of voting against the Democrats or voting against the Republicans. Yeah. But I think DeSantis has done fairly well. I think he's a pretty interesting guy. Yeah. So we'll I see. I think he has actual ideas, which if is Trump com- unusual. Oh, uh, if, if, <laughs> if Trump comes on here and talks about fusion, then I'm, I will fully support him. But really? If, yeah. If he keeps doing 20th century technology, he's got not, I got nothing. Uh-huh. I think Trump has shown us that... Y- Look, he may have been the Molotov cocktail in the machine. He may have been the bull in the china shop. We gotta oil that man. Yeah, <laughs> you like but, that ringing? That ringing. But <laughs> but there's, he made so many mistakes. Yeah, he he should have fired a ton more people. Yeah. But I think a lot of people saw Trump as just an opportunity for something outside the establishment. That's disturbing because that leads to authoritarianism. Because no, like, it doesn't. It, yeah, the authoritarian is crackback is is against that authoritarian mindset of like I love this guy. He's gonna just break it. I don't know about that's, that. That's I mean, the because opposite. The, they're just blindly following him, and so now we're getting, anarchy. Anarchy. we're getting a revolt I don't against think, it. I don't think it was blind following of Trump, right? And I was opposed to Trump in 2016. Um, I definitely was not in favor. You know, I went to the women's march, whatever. It was stupid, but <laughs> <laughs> but I think that what you had at the time when Trump was elected were, you know, half of the population did not see their views or their values reflected in any aspect of American culture or political life. Not in arts, academia, entertainment, anywhere. Not in media. So when Trump came along and was like, 
hey, 75 million people who don't see your values or views reflected anywhere in the country in literally anything you're capable of subscribing to. I'm over here. I can listen to you. I can give voice to you, right? Like, that's sort of what he was about. He was like a figure that was able to do that. So when he was taken away, right, those people are back to having absolutely no voice, only now they're thoroughly publicly vilified, as opposed to just being vilified, which they were previously. And, and, and Ian, you were describing more so anarchy than authoritarianism. If someone says, I will not adhere to the authority structure, and I will put in place someone who is chaotic and destructive to that system, that is anti-authoritarian. Yeah. A lot of people, as Michael Moore explained, were looking at the human Molotov cocktail, the biggest F you to the machine. They hated the authority. They hate the establishment. So they didn't support Trump. Some people were, were, were zealots for Trump. No joke. Mm-hmm. That whatever Trump would say, they'd be like, yes, and they believe crazy things. But that's a small, a smaller element. Most people were just like, we need something to, as a wedge in the door, something that's going to get us off this broken path. Now, for me, I didn't vote for Trump in 2016. I was like, I don't care about either of these people. And then in 2020, Trump put out his agenda with like school choice on it, the opposition to critical race applied principles, things like that. He said he was, we're going to pull, we're, he was actively working to get our troops out of it, out of Afghanistan. And I was like, that right there, right? Get, get the troops home and this stuff. Okay. I'm, I'll vote for that. Plus Joe Biden's insane, right? That's, that's a, that's a terrible idea. Moving forward. That was very much like a rock in a hard place when we were looking at with 2020. It's getting bad now. And so I think DeSantis is great. He's like Trump in a lot of ways, but he's not a bombast. You know what I mean? So, of course, the media will go after him and try to vilify him, but he's more tactful. He's, a, he's half the age of Trump. He know. doesn't appear to be a narcissist either, which mm. I respect. I don't agree with a lot of his positions. And so I'm not saying I would vote for the guy. I'm just saying I probably would not support Trump considering we've learned our lessons and we have an opportunity for, you know, someone else. That being said, I've never been a big fan of the two-party system. Like I said, I didn't vote in 2012 or 2016. And 2020 was only because it was... Just a crazy time, to be completely honest. And now I'm like, it may get crazier. It probably will. We're in the lull year where there's no elections. So things are calm. Views and ratings are a little low. Everyone's kind of chilling out. Midterms next year. It's going to be insane. What do you think? Do you think think the GOP have a chance to take the House? I think they will take it. You think so? There's a long way to go. There's a lot of people running. It's really fascinating to like see all of these. uh, What's the new term? America first. America first people running. I kind this, of, I'm interested to see what uh, what they have to say for themselves. This is what I'm saying. I think people have learned a lot of lessons. Mm-hmm. And that means that come 2024, I don't think Trump will be as necessary as people think he was last year or even right now. I think we're already seeing early signs that you've got a DeSantis, mm-hmm. perhaps. Again, not a, I'm, not a, a, I'm not a conservative. I don't completely agree. I'd, I'd be more inclined to vote libertarian. And that's only because of Dave Smith. Otherwise, I don't even know who I'd vote for. Yeah, I need some <laughs> some like technology talk from dave otherwise i'm i can't get on with like the whole break it down concept like I've, I've been listening to him lately a little bit but he's been like yeah we need to undo this and undo that and like okay give me what are we going to do what's next and i think here, here's the he difference like thing. technology board or something i'm down dave let's do this and absolutely and that's i think the, the what's inspiring about dave is that he's a guy you can talk to he's not out of reach and out of touch and more interested in you know the consultants what they're going to say what size shoe or color tie or anything like that. That's one of the problems we have with the two-party system is it's just machine regimented. And Trump kind of broke that in a lot of ways. But back to what you were saying about mm-hmm. all these midterm uh, people yeah. running, people are learning the lessons. A lot of America first types, a lot of um, populist types right. are now running. And there's a huge opportunity. 
I think what we saw in 2020, the overperformance in the mid, I'm sorry, in Congress of right. the Republicans, it's going to be, it's going to be even crazier. Cause look, this is what happened with Trump in 2016. They, they, they take everything. Trump's voters came out for Trump and the Republicans. But in 2018, Trump's voters did not turn out. This is, this is true. I went through the data in years 2018. ago. In 2018, really? Trump's voters were less. Okay. And so that oh, meant for like the midterms. Yes. Right. So, be, so what happened was in 2016, when Trump's voters came out, they voted down ticket Republican. Mm-hmm. But because those people did not come out in 2018, to a certain degree was lost, Republicans ended up losing a lot of seats because Wait, of that's that. when we got like AOC and all those guys. Right? That's right. Yeah. And I think 31 seats flipped from yeah. Republican to Democrat because without Trump's name on the ticket, the Trump voters, so many Trump voters were first time voters or independent voters. Mm-hmm. Now we're moving into 2022. I think a lot of people have learned lessons. And Joe Biden was the the we'll take whatever we can get to stop Trump. Right. Now they've lost that. They have lost the name Trump as well. So how many regular people are going to come out in 2022 all dancing and cheering saying and the like orange back man, you the know? back the party that's been doing by that point will have been done, doing such a poor job of handling this uh whole COVID situation. And that's interesting, too, when you watch the poll numbers dropping, the worse COVID gets and the less uh, control over it the White House can maintain, the more Biden's ratings are going to tank. People are going to want him gone. He staked his whole presidency on solving several crises. And that's why you see, you know, you saw so much with COVID, but that's why they're trying to pivot so hard to climate. They really want to get to climate so that they can tackle the next crisis and be heroes again. When you look at the disdain people had for Trump, and they did, I know a lot of people don't want to believe it, but Trump did increase his his voter base by a large number. Mm -hmm. He had more votes than any sitting president in history, but Biden got more. And I hear from people who, who like, they don't believe it. And I'm like, dude. But the election fraud people. Yeah, I told this to Steve Bannon. I know people who are as dumb as a box of rocks, mm-hmm. who have no business in politics and couldn't tell you even the name of the, the parties right. who are posting videos going and voting by mail or who are posting the videos of getting their ballots and voting with them. And I'm like, listen, I believe when they say, like, why, why did people vote Biden but not down ballot? I'm like, because they're not political people. They saw the celebrity on TV. The entertainment was shut down for a year. Nobody could go to the movies. And they were being the people were screaming in their face, Trump is evil. And they're like, ah, and so they just write Biden, send it in. And the Republicans were able to take a bunch of seats in in in, in Congress. Mm-hmm. Now well, imagine what's going to happen without the threat of Trump and even the down ballot votes they did get. It's like I think Republicans are going to do fairly well. They only need to win what like eleven seats. There's a long time between now and then, so I'm not going to make any predictions. I don't know. I just think based on current tra- uh, trajectory, that may be a, a a fair assessment. But don't you think that there's also a chance that the uh the Democrats are going to completely overhaul the voting system. Yes. I mean, if you look in California, Gavin Newsom has his recall election coming up, but California just made it possible. I'm pretty sure that you can print your ballots at home. Yeah, I saw that. And then there's a lot of people can come and collect it for you and come and advise you on that. Uh, And they've done such an incredible job, the Democrats, of vilifying the um, different voting integrity laws that have sprung up in, what, like something like 22 states 28 states yeah a lot like a whole bunch of states and if you actually you know they say they're jim crow and they're exclusionary and discriminatory and all of this stuff and if you actually look at those laws if you take the time to read the laws they don't say what the white house says they say it's not about that and if you read hr1 like i did a deep dive into hr1 it's 800 something pages um of rules about voting that have absolutely nothing to do with anything other than preventing states from making their own laws. 
So I looked up the um, – it's called the Remote access, uh, remote Accessible Vote by Mail. Is this the California thing? Yes. You can print your selection, sign the envelope, and then return the printed and signed selections either by mail or dropping it off in a voting location. Uh, the selections cannot be returned electronically. So the answer is yes. You can request to vote at home. Print mm-hmm. out your, your – here's what it says. You download the application. Mark your selections. Print their selections. Sign the envelope using the envelope provided with the vote by mail ballot or the voter's own envelope. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. That is not sketchy at all, Return, you guys. This is from sos.ca.gov. <laughs> Return the printed and signed selections either by mail or by dropping it off at a voting location. Uh, well, there you go. What? You can now just uh, <laughs> print out your vote. This is, the, you know, Ian, this is the opposite of blockchain. Yeah. This, <laughs> yeah. Is, this is where my nihilism is coming from. It is blatantly obvious that if you have a proprietary voting machine counting votes, it's not secure. And that we have an opportunity to attempt to secure it with a third blockchain like you still do what we're doing plus a blockchain layer but <laughs> literally but, zero security on the system <laughs> so that's obvious prints out your ballot how how has that not been adopted that that to me either shows that people are are very stupid in general and we're just destined for extinction or there are nefarious things stop keeping it from happening which i think is more likely which is terrifying but it's- how do you how do you how do you solve for that? Humans crave to be told what to do. They don't want to think for themselves. You see, we're divergent. We're the weirdos who, for some reason, want to be responsible for ourselves. Everyone else just wants to be gently patted on the back as they rest in the lap of, you know, Daddy Biden. I mean, is it because... It's so terrifying to, like, listen to you say that. <laughs> like, like, is it because people that are truly free are dangerous to society? People who are truly free, I don't think they should be perceived as dangerous. Our country was founded on the idea of the individual having, you know, uh, individual rights superseding group rights. And it's reversing course now. Now we're being told that we are idiots and cursed at, you know, by various YouTubers or whatever, because we believe that individual rights supersede group rights. But obviously, that's the only way to ensure that there's equality is to put the individual's rights first. You know, what is the whole thing about like a... You know, it's better that that uh, 100 guilty men go yes. free than one innocent man be in prison. That's still true. That's still true. You know what I love about that? Franklin took that quote from someone. I don't remember Blackstone. Who. Blackstone said hmm. it's better that two guilty people. Ten. I think it was the original quote was two Ten. to one. Are There's you ten. sure? I think yep. it was the original. It's like a Greek quote. Blackstone's formulation. Is that it's, Greek? No, it's, no. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's from Blackstone. It's rooted in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, well the cool thing is oh, that, that makes a lot of sense. if it is yeah. 10, I thought it was 2. Ten. But if it's 10, then he took a, a, a power of 10. He took a magnitude greater. And then Ben Franklin. We should do that again. It. It's better than 1,000 people go that's free. Why I agree that, with you. That's why I oppose uh, cash bail. I think cash bail is wrong. Yeah, rich people buying their way out of jail. Yeah. So this is this like is, indulgences. This is yeah. a big issue in New York because crime went up because they ended cash bail. And this is a progressive issue. Like AOC is very much in favor of ending cash bail. And I completely agree with her. The idea that there's like some working class dude who gets arrested and accused of a crime. And then they say, now you're going to sit in jail for two months until your court date. You lose your job. You lose your apartment. Your family doesn't know where you are or things of that nature. It happens to people because you didn't have the thousand dollars to pay bail, I think is wrong. What we, we sh- need is a much speedier court system. I mean, we have such exactly. a slow, there was a, there was a young man who actually died in prison because he couldn't afford bail and it yep. was over a stolen backpack and he didn't do it. And I yep. think he died in like Rikers or something like that. You are innocent until proven guilty. The state should not have the ability to, to, 
punish you in any way unless it's a violent crime with 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 probable cause and they the judge you know can actually what say about recidivism what about like recidivism do you have a well in what capacity what do you mean like if you're arrested multiple times for violations for crimes uh is there any point at which the state can hold you like yes. there was somebody recently i think it was like killed people Ugh. We want to cover, yes. cover a lot of this stuff. I'm, I'm not remembering the story, but like someone was arrested a bunch of times on gun charges. Well, kept look, being released, kept being released, kept being released, and then you know. See, that's the problem about up. the tyranny. If somebody is arrested on a violent crime, mm-hmm. and they say, "Here's the person, Your Honor. Here's our probable cause as to why we believe you know this person did this," the judge will then say, "Like, due to the threat, you are remanded to custody." Right. That makes sense. If it's someone who was like a nonviolent offender, and this is what the the progressives did. I'll tell you what they did wrong, though. When they say, this guy was arrested for shoplifting, mm-hmm. and they say, what's your probable cause? Well, what witnesses say he was shoplifting. That's not good enough. But we're going to hold him. No, cash bail is basically remand. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's not fair to someone who's working class and can't afford it. The problem is, you can't defend yourself. Right. You can't defend yourself. You're not secure in your person. So what happens is there was one guy who, like, he got, he was shoplifting like 30 times. Right. And they kept arresting him and cutting him loose because the end of cash bail. And then he laughed when he was getting arrested. Some, I guess he said something like, I just keep doing it. You keep letting me go. It's like he was absolutely flouting the rules. He knew what he was doing. Right. See, there's limits. If someone does it multiple times and you're like, Your Honor, this is the third time this person's been arrested. We have numerous witness statements. Here are the statements. The judge can be like, okay. You're not getting out this time, dude. I think we really need a much speedier trial system. How do you do it when you got 13 million people in one city, you know, a court in every corner? 13 million? What's, what's our The 13? greater metropolitan area of oh, New the York. Gretchen the people area. who come into the city. Well, the and greater metropolitan area of New York, though, I mean, you don't have, like, all of those people aren't subject to the same courts. Those no, if, if the, courts. the people who come into and out of New York. Oh, I so see. you you can live in Jersey and drive into New York sure, for work sure. and then get arrested yeah, and then you're in the system. You end up in the tombs, whatever else. Yep, end up in the tombs. <laughs> what an awful name! <laughs> it is awful. Thanks. I so remember I, when a friend of mine was like, he was like, oh, I just spent the whole weekend in the tombs. <laughs> That's <laughs> so that, that, this, this is what happens. Police officers know that they arrest you Friday. You can't get out till Monday. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and that good. and that yeah. and that could mean you lose your job. <laughs> yep. So he didn't have one, so it was okay. There, no. I, I I have had friends who have been arrested wrongly. On Fridays and then mm-hmm. wait until Monday to get out. And Insane. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's not. And good. they lose their jobs. It's like you're yeah, two. Should be seven two, days two, a week. Two no the call, no shows over the weekend. Too important to shut down on the, the weekends. Yeah, it it's is. Insane. And during COVID, like a lot of the courts were really backed up. A lot of things just didn't happen. Maybe we need online courts. I don't know about there's, that. There's that tendency that people won't won't the fight their own, the, sit at their own neighbors. So maybe the we problem need with an online court elsewhere. though is it removes the. It's like you, we were talking about earlier with Twitter, right? It's like it removes the emotional aspect. So when you when you're a judge and you see a defendant in a you know orange jumpsuit on a closed circuit prison camera, are you really going to look at that guy and see his humanity? Right, no eye contact. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing at all. So you think there'd be more guilty? I think there'd be more guilty. Yeah, I mean, I think that we should have a, a speedy court system um, where a, a an accused is brought before a judge, brought before a jury. It shouldn't take like months and months and months. Some of these hearings take so long, like just we to get to the hearing. Too many people. Yeah. One of the things that's uh, – it, it is relatively easier for certain crimes where it's like the cops themselves witness it and they say, we, you know, we are witnesses. But then they're still agents of the state, so it's very difficult. I don't like the idea that credibility is given to the agents of the state. You know, two people walk into a court. The cop says, this guy, you know, uh, stole a banana. And then 
The guy says, no, I didn't. The cop says, yes, he did. The court just believes the cop. Right. You know, oh, he arrested him, and the cop's probably telling the truth, and the jury just believes the cop. This well, is why. There are, of course, instances where the police then plant the banana on the guy. Well, but yes, but I think the most important thing is that cops can make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And so I know a lot of people on the left will be like, cops plant drugs. Oh, we've seen it. That body camera footage where the guy puts the drugs and it's under a rock or something. And then he, I don't know he, what that is. he accidentally turned his camera on when he thought he was turning it off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but more importantly, there's this really famous video on YouTube where a lawyer talks about why you never talk to cops. And he explains that like the cop could mishear you mm-hmm. and then tell the jury he confessed. And the jury is going to be like, okay. Yeah, that's a rule that I grew up with, which is don't ever talk to cops about anything ever. Anything ever. If you're ever arrested, shut up. Anything ever. Because yeah, you never just shut up. You never know if you're the suspect. And people are right. like, oh, but if you're just a witness, well, and you that's do anything what wrong. Too, well, like, you don't know that. that that's a thing, too. Like, uh, you know, in terms of calling police officers for some reason, if there's something going on, you have to be really careful with that because cops show up and they don't know who is who. Right. And so immediately they assume, you know, they can make these assumptions. It's a difficult job. Yeah, and we're losing cops constantly. Well, you know how I feel about that. I'm not going to uh, stand for the cops who are enforcing the lockdowns and mandates and arresting salon owners and uh, and letting Antifa go. So there was a woman yeah. in Minnesota. She opened her uh, cafe mm-hmm. in defiance of the lockdowns and said, you know, screw off. And the sheriffs went and they tracked her down and they arrested her. Was this her. the bar owner? And she, like, had a couple of kids and she was trying to... I don't. I don't know about the greater details in that. Well, respect. there was. There might have been another one. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't There's have any respect for officers who are who are imposing and enforcing lockdowns either. Look what's going on in Australia. What happened to Australia? Oh man, got colonized by the there British. Was, there was. A, there, there was. There was apparently some story about a lady who couldn't even cross over from like one state to the next. Right. Like they've actually locked That's their correct. states down or something. They've locked down everything. It, yeah. That just seems insane Pe- to me. They've been telling me that it's different areas too. It's very different from area right. to area. Right. Yeah, but yeah, how do you stand for that? Like, how do you look at a police force and say, like, yes, I, you know, I will stay in my home. one man who was eighty six years old died, so nine hundred thousand people have to get locked in their homes. Yep. It what was one. It, it was literally one guy. Very old. Very old in, guy who you know probably died with COVID. In yeah, exactly. Um, I think this was in Secaucus. I could be wrong. A woman was she had a shop, mm-hmm. and they locked everything down. The government ordered all businesses to be closed. So she went on Facebook Live and started filming what she had in her store, saying, if anybody wants to buy anything, just comment below. So the cops showed up, knocked on the door, and they said, ma'am, you need to close your shop. And she said, what are you talking about? We are closed. And they're like, no, ma'am, you are trying to sell things online. You have to shut your shop down. Why can't you sell things online? What because about eBay? Only whatever, eBay is allowed to sell things online? Whatever was going on and Amazon. was not about COVID because nope. the cops came and told her to stop live streaming on Facebook. Yep. That's insanity. Where was that? Secaucus, New Jersey. I think that's where it was. I I have to look it up. It it was. It was somewhere in. Sounds like a New Jersey Jersey thing to have happen. Yeah, it really does. And I'm sure it's not the only place. We saw that. (laughs) We saw. We saw that they were letting people out of jail, and then they were putting that like that salon owner in Texas Mm -hmm. in jail. Yeah, and she was very forthright. She was like, "I have people who work for me, and I don't want them to lose their homes." I told my mom I was thinking about uh, leaving New York. I was like, "I don't think I can make this work anymore, mom." And she's like, just move to Jersey. I was like, no, mom, that's the same place. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's actually just, worse. It's literally the same place. So it's like you know? stinky New York. It's like yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, what I, I don't know about what people in cities should do. I can't predict the future. I do think it'll just start getting worse. I think. Really? Definitely. Do you think, I mean, that's the interesting thing. It's like, where can you go? I, I was talking to Ben Shapiro about this because I was like, you know, what happens when 
people, you know, he was calling it like the big sort, you know, like there's going to be a yep. big sort out. What happens? Like, will it eventually overtake the entire country? Is there anywhere that's, that's going to be all right to live? Probably like you, another you, internet and just will like spring up. Live like a free see? person, and that's the other thing too. It's like, is there going to be an Amazon for people who don't want to support Jeff Bezos's crazy empire? I hope so. Did you see the the polling showing that um, I think it's thirty seven point two percent of Americans want their region to separate from the U.S. to form its own <laughs> regional union? Really? Which which regions want out? Does New England so want they, out? So they 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 yes. So well, but they're all about a third. So they'll they, be crazy there. <laughs> they broke up the the country into five regions. You've got the Pacific region, you've got I think the Heartland region, the Mountain region, the Southern and the Northeast, and most uh, are the, the the plurality uh, in terms of. I, I should phrase this better. Mm-hmm. On the West Coast Pacific region, Democrats were the largest group that wanted to secede from the Union. In the South, it was Republicans. Yeah. In the Midwest, it's independent voters. Okay. But the overall average among all regions, when I actually went through the math, I went through the population of each state, normalized for population. 37.2% of people in this country are in favor of their area breaking off from the U.S. With the great sort, you are going to see those numbers dramatically increase. Right. Because the people in the Pacific region, the 30% of Republicans who are there and want to break off, will move to Texas and bolster the Republican number there and increase it. I think 60% of Southern Republicans wanted to break away. I think that's like, I want, though, like, I want to eat cake every day. Like, they don't really want, they don't know what it is they're saying they want. If you want to militarize, you want, you want like a warlike five tribal North American you know, 21st century, don't, that's how you split it up. Then we'll all go but, to fight each other. That'd be crazy. That, that would but, be but pretty crazy, wouldn't but, it? But, no, but it'd be nuclear Ian. weapons and how many, tanks. How many, well, but we wouldn't all have nuclear weapons, We finally weapons, can right? use like, our tanks somewhere. Wouldn't it basically you know? be like Hawaii would have we nuclear weapons? We wouldn't all have nuclear weapons. Minnesota, right. I think Minnesota many, would have nuclear weapons. And the port cities would Ian, be right? devastated. How right. many people understand the policies they're voting for? Most of them seem not to. And so when people say, I don't think the politicians read the bills sometimes. You're right, they don't. What was it? What was the omnibus was wheeled in on a wagon that was 5,000 pages and nobody yeah, read it? Yeah, the Senate just voted for that. But yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, the Senate be, just... Uh, I mean, so, the look, Senate was asked recently, wasn't it, to vote for the massive, giant, stupid infrastructure bill before it was written because the House, like, <laughs> refused to take it up unless the Senate promised that they would pass something that the House drafted. Oh, come on. So, they were collusion of the... Ian, that's what'll happen. insanity. And, like, n- basically nobody read it because it doesn't exist. There, there will be Voting a certain amount of signatures to get something as a referendum. It'll appear on the ballot in November. And then people will see it. And as we already know, X amount of people in these regions want to secede. So when they're voting, it'll be like, would you like your region to become its own region? They go, oh, yeah, for sure. And they vote yeah. for it. They don't care about the, the consequences. Other thing they too don't know. Is the way that the laws are named, they're named in very obfuscatory ways yep. so that you don't really know what you're voting yeah. for. Right. Yeah. Right. Like a, like Patriot a, Act. like the, yeah, the Patriot Act yeah. is the opposite of the Patriot Act or like HR1, they call, you know, they call it like a for the people act. Mm. <laughs> it's not at all. It's actually like so overreaching and authoritarian. 16 and year old voting. Yes, that's what it has in it. It has like a provision that you have to register people who are under 18 to vote. Amazing. That's in it. Let's go to Super Chats. <laughs> if you haven't already, smash that like button. Go to TimCast.com, become a member, and you will get a bonus segment coming up later tonight. But for now, smash that like button, and we will read these Super Chats. All right, let's see. The crazy one says, should Elon take the Olympic flame to space? Huh. I, I don't know why. <laughs> yes. Don't Who know. cares? <laughs> All right. Crichton42 says the governor of Washington state mandated all state employees and healthcare workers get vaccinated by October 18th or lose their jobs. I now have a decision to make, get vaccinated or lose my job. Well, I've been telling people, you know, this, I'm, I'm, I'm in favor of companies 
private companies, to a certain degree, mandating their employees get vaccinated. So I think first, scale matters. If it's a company with like 100,000 employees, probably not so much. There's a lot of wide-ranging implications about international law, interstate law, health health rights. But small businesses, definitely. How, they're not even allowed to ask, are they? Yeah, they are. What's your medical yeah. history when you when you apply you, you for are, a job? You are, you're allowed to do that, yes. I thought that was... And, and uh, companies are allowed to mandate vaccines, but they assume responsibility for any adverse uh, events they requ- if they require some medical intervention. But here's the point. First of all, when it comes to small business, I don't think the employer or the employee, they owe each other anything. We have an agreement. Right. I'm looking for someone to do work. Do you want to do work? Here's my stipulations. No. Have a nice day. I don't owe you any money. So when small businesses are like, here are my restrictions, I'm like, okay, well, you know, like I'm not going to tell a small business they have to hire somebody within certain reasons. This is a big moral challenge because I understand there are certain things where I'm like, you shouldn't discriminate on the basis of race or identity. And then, you know, when it comes to vaccines, it's like, well, like now you're telling people they can discriminate for a certain reason. But ultimately, you know what ends up happening? The people are now making the hard choice of putting their money where their mouth is. No longer will you be able to sit back and just let everyone else fight your battles for you. That's Unfortunately. And we've all gotten those emails. It's like, hey, I really support you, but I'm never going to speak publicly. I know. It. I get them. I get and too I many. And I probably am not going to talk to you. And the problem is when I was saying a long time ago, if these people are doing these things, you need to speak up now or forever hold your peace. When it was just critical race applied principles, people were like, nah, I don't got to say anything. Well, now, now, now they're telling you go to go get uh, some, to get to get an injection. Whether your doctor tells you or not, they have requirements. Now, that's between you and your doctor. You go talk to your doctor about what's right for you. But now you have a hard line. Will you comply with medication or not? It was easier when it was CRT. Now, mm-hmm. who will cross the line? I got to be honest. I think most people will. You think most people will cross the line? Definitely. I think there'll be an exodus. I think it will hurt the economy, but I think most people are going to fall back on, I will not stand up. Right. Yeah. I think I think you'll see more and more people be pushed out. And, and I think and, a lot of people don't want to stand up. I think a lot of people just want to be left alone, and they're, but they're, but they're also true. not willing to fight for that. So what happens now when they're, when they're given this? I mean, look, like I said, with CRT, people are like, I know it's bad, but I can ignore this because mm-hmm. it's a long-term problem. Your kids will inherit a trash future. Okay, I get it. It's you, really, you know. I think it's hard to ignore the critical race theory stuff. You know, when your kid comes there, home saying like, mom, are we racist because we're white people? Mm. Like, no, no, that's no, but rough. look, there are, certain, there, there are certain problems you see with industry like pollution where you're like, we know it's bad, but whatever. And then people keep mm-hmm. buying their, you know, products and stuff. Then there's the more immediate where it's like CRT and critical race applied principles in, in work and school. And then you're like, okay, this is getting harder to ignore, but what's the right. worst case? And I keep my head down, I'll be okay. Now they're like, sir, we would like you to get a medical procedure. I know, a small one, but still. Now people are going to have to make that choice. Right. Is this the line for them? I think for a lot of people it will be. I think for most people it won't be. There's got to be a line somewhere, though. I mean, we've we've given up so much. We given up. We give up constantly. This is the this is the biggest thing that I've heard from people who are you know who like filling my Twitter with hate is like, but you you you've given up this already. You have these other restrictions that we've gone along with. Why is this so different? You know, um, that's a nice way of saying it. But well, it's one step at a time. It's, people accept it, yeah, and you, we clearly shouldn't be constantly capitulating rights after rights. It's just not acceptable. We clearly should have been standing up for this against this kind of thing a long time ago. And we well, haven't been. it's the exploitation of goodwill. We thought 15 days to slow the spread was reasonable. 
mm-hmm. and then it became 500 uh what are we on 500 and it's a lot no no it's like 512 or something 515 maybe it's a lot of days Did and it's not working slow? i mean that's the thing too it's like this they constantly as they enforce these things and and throw these things at us there's this under, under underlying understanding that it's actually helping, that it's actually reducing the virus, that it's actually doing all these. None of that is actually true. We're going to be living with this virus for the rest of our lives, for the rest of human history, probably, or whatever. Yeah, it's got but animal like, repositories. It's not going away. Mm. So we have to figure out how to exist in this reality. We can't just imagine that we're going to completely eradicate it if we just all stay in our houses and stop breathing. Yeah. All right, let's read some more. Ian Kinney says, hey, Tim, did you see the hit piece segment Jenk Uger did on you? Lauren Chen made a video about it. No, I don't watch any of those things. It's a waste <laughs> of time. Uh, it, it, that, that's one thing, you know, I, there's a video made about me every other day. Why should I care if the Young Turks have opinions? They're not relevant. I, I look at what's going on with the world, and I just think drama. Oh, Tim Pool did this, that. I don't care. Who cares about me? <laughs> I guess they do. You Whatever. Know what's up with you. I don't care about me. I care about other stuff. You know what I mean? It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, that's how I feel about Makes politics sense. sometimes. Is like, dude, this human drama that we created that we're like spinning in this reality. Like, but I, but I care about politics. I kind of do. Like when when AOC comes out and lies about what happened in the Capitol, um, mm-hmm. her whole story is fabricated, by the way, because the 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 time at which the cop came to her door and knocked was a few minutes before the first Trump supporters actually breached the barricades. Really. Yes, and I, I, don't, I for, missed that part. I, I, every conservative has every every critic of AOC has missed this, and no matter how many times I said, I DM'd Ben Shapiro. I was like, uh-huh. we, we, were, we were talking, and then he was like, oh, that's actually a good point. So the cop knocked on her door before they breached the Capitol. Yes, to check and An see. An hour before they breached the oh, Capitol. Come on, <laughs> no one knew. So AOC comes out and makes this whole thing up. So, so, so what was he doing at her door? What was he doing at her door? There was a bomb scare. So, so totally separately. Oh, yeah. that whole so other, the bomb. That's maybe right. she hid in the bathroom oh, because someone knocked on her door. That may be true. But for her to conflate that with, I thought they made it to my, my office when it was an hour before anyone, bef- the, the, okay. There's it was just a, no timeline to support that. There is. The New York Times did the whole timeline. No, to support Oh, her right. Claim. Hers. The New York Times did a whole timeline of it. Mm-hmm. And Reuters did a timeline of what she claimed. And for some reason, no one put these pieces together. I feel like I'm the only one who's done multiple segments about it. Like, I, I don't understand why all the conservatives keep coming out and saying, she wasn't even in the building. She never said she was in the building. She never said she was in the Capitol. So I'm like, how come I, I when I first reported on this, the Huffington Post uh, tried a, a reporter hit me up saying you're wrong, your timeline's wrong, and then I was like, oh man, so I deleted the tweet. And I was like, I, I, I must have screwed up. Then I went to the timeline again, <laughs> and, and I was like, another look. so then I messaged him back and I said, here's the evidence, and he went, oh, I guess I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's right. AOC said it was around 1 p.m. when the cop knocked on her door. That was because there was a bomb reported, and he was coming. They were they were given notice. They all had to leave. AOC chose not to for some reason, so the cop had to go get her. For her to then claim she thought the protesters got to her her room, right. the conservatives all respond. But her room, her office wasn't even in the Capitol building. But it and then the fact there. check the fact check is Reuters says false. AOC never claimed she was. She was concerned that they made it through the tunnels. And then I look at the timeline. I'm like, it was an hour. And 11 minutes after the cop showed up at her door, that the first doors got breached at the Capitol building. An hour and 11 minutes. No one thought these people were getting in the building. If they did, there would have been more police at the Capitol. And if you think that's not true, then you got a problem with the Capitol police because they should. If, if you think the Capitol police knew that was going to happen and AOC had, had knew it was going to happen, why didn't they call for more police? She lied. What did, anyway, you think of a, what did you think of that hearing, that first day of the hearing? 
Nancy Pelosi's. It's ridiculous. It's it was <laughs> such trash. Yeah. It was such theater. It was insane. Anyway, well, to wrap up that super chat, <laughs> Sorry, I think it's I think it's funny when people are obsessed with non-political actors to such an extreme degree. Like I've criticized Jen Kuger of the Young Turks. He's got a prominent show. It's feel free to criticize me. I've got a prominent show. I'm mostly more interested in criticizing politicians and, you know, people with, with more power. Like, look, the people who are actually, you know, changing things. But to be fair, um, the concern from the left is that the show is very influential. So by all means, criticize it. The problem I have is that they don't have real criticism. There, 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 there's a very serious challenge among the left to try and figure out what's wrong with what it is that I do. So I don't want to waste time, you know, dealing with watching their stupid garbage where they make stuff up. <laughs> what are they going to say? Well, Tim Pool talks about universal health care and agreeing with it, but then he makes fun of Democrats. It's like, so does a bunch of leftists. And fear bait. They think you're fear baiting. That's the main concern. Because if, if you are projecting in the future and like, I think it's going to get worse, it's not that you're saying it's going to get worse, but you're just projecting one possible future that happens to be terrifying. Vosh said I was far right. <gasps> They're pissed Dude, at you because you're not the upholding first- the any specific narrative. They, and they don't I'm know telling what to say you, about that's it. what it is. Like, yeah, you're not upholding one narrative or another. You're just actually, you know, doing what you think is right. And They're nobody like, really quite understands a person that does that anymore. They really want to call me far right, but I'm literally not. I'm like, I agree with AOC on ending cash bail. Cash bail's bad. They're like, well, yeah, well, you're lying. It's like, I don't know, dude. Make all the hit pieces in the world you want. We got, we got a lot of fun stuff happening here. It was funny when Vosh came. And we were talking with him before he came up. We were like, we're doing a bunch of new shows. Dungeons and Dragons. He'd love the the Paranormals and Mysteries. And I think it's funny that, like, the company so far has, like, a political show. And then, like, we're we're launching totally (laughs) not political stuff. And they're acting like it's the apocalypse. Probably because they realize. Well, that's what's needed. We we need culture. We need more culture than just the leftist-driven propaganda that we're seeing come out of Hollywood. Yep. Yep. Dude, the songs. Oh, I want to talk about it. The songs that we were working on the other night, they're so good. <laughs> well, vocal them. harmonies, yeah, that's where it's at. Well, I got a bunch of songs. Ian was was singing. We got so oh, they're so good. They're just it's just raw recording, so I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to play it live. All right, well, let's I read have some of that from the musical oh. I wrote about Condoleezza Rice one time. <laughs> we got to read some more super chats. Rant over. David James says Ian's shirt is the best. That's what I'm saying. It's true. All right. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Computer. Solve this. <laughs> Southern Survival says, I'm a 15-year veteran currently on my fourth tour, and I'm worried about my career being affected by my, by, by my refusal of the vaccine. The DOD is going to mandate it soon. I just want the liberty I swore to defend. Well, as I always say, um, talk, get a good doctor. You know, if you, if you don't trust your doctor, you need to get a good one. But my understanding about people in the Army is don't you get a ton of vaccines the moment you join? Isn't that I true? So. I have no idea. The stories so. I heard from people is that like when you enlist, you go to basic training, they give you a bunch of like vaccines. I mean, prepare to be toxified if you're going into the military. They'll put you right next to burn pits and you'll they, breathe they, that they smoke put you 24 in a room hours with, a day. They put you in a room with uh, tear gas. Yeah. They, they have training. like they have burn pits in I think it's Afghanistan where they just all the trash is thrown in. It's just a 24-7 burn pit. And then when the wind catches it, brings it over the base. Everyone has to breathe that. All right. Super Neil Comics says, I am from Canada and so much want to live in one of the red states like Texas and become a U.S. citizen. Nice. I love you guys. See, everybody wants to come to America. Everyone wants to move to Texas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what does that say? Waffle. What, what, I can't read. Wolf Doffle God. Okay. Uh, <laughs> as someone who lives in Louisville, the way she pronounced it makes me want to smash my face into a table. <laughs> I'm so love sorry. the workout. <laughs> 
Louisville. I was like, where's that? Uh, I've never been to Kentucky. (laughs) Wow, look at this. SEI Power says even North Dakota is being overrun by California and Colorado. Jeez. Yeah. Almighty Media says, Tim, you should have politicians on. Ted Cruz. Uh, yes, we would have Ted Cruz on. Ted Cruz, come on the show. That'd be amazing. Um, like, you know, look, here's, here's something, some insight. Like when we first started the show, we would send emails to people and they would just click delete. They don't care. They don't want to come on the show. And then a few months goes, go by and then people would be like, oh, you know, maybe sometime. And as the show's gotten bigger and more subscribers, all of a sudden now we're getting people emailing us being like, yeah. can we come on your show? So we're, I'm not in the mindset of like reaching out to Ted Cruz and asking him to come on the show. But if Ted Cruz wants to come on the show, we'd be like, yeah, absolutely. That'd be fantastic. Granted, I will say politicians are the worst bookings ever. Why? They always go. So bad. I can, I have, I have politicians following me uh-huh. and I'll DM them be like, would you, would you want to come on the show? Absolutely. Email this person. They can handle it. And then you do. And then they don't respond. And then it just dies. That's right. So it's I, a waste of time. Yeah. I so talked to bad. Ted Cruz last week and it took like a whole bunch of like running around like a crazy person to get like what, three minutes or something. So this time. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get two and a half hours <laughs> out of these, you know, politicians. All right. Aaron Salmon says, saw you talking about spiffies. I live about 20 minutes from there. It was an icon of the I-5 corridor. They had a dine-in to protest restrictions. People from Idaho and Cali showed up. There wasn't even standing room to eat. Sad to see them go. Bomber, man. Wow. Capitalism, Entertainment, and Technologies says, calling it now. Tim just heard country roads and moved. Also, most of Texas, <laughs> Texas left tends to be libertarian druggy types at the moment. I'm totally cool with those people. That, that's, that's legit. That's like Ian, basically. Yeah, that's my homies. <laughs> All in moderation. Mm-hmm. Even moderation. Yeah. Well, yeah, good point. Dalacourt says, Tim, with all the blue ties rolling into Texas, do you think it'll dilute the liberal influence in the coastal states, allowing for some red wins? No. Because red uh, uh, voters and non-Democrat voters are leaving as well. So you've got conservatives fleeing New York, and you've got conservatives fleeing California, and still, the problem is the authoritarian lockdowns hurt everybody, Democrats and Republicans. So everybody wants to leave. The problem is the Democrats bring those same policies with them, not caring or realizing. So I do think it could theoretically dilute some of their power and expand congressional seats for conservatives because many of these Democrat voters who leave big cities to the suburbs of the least are spreading out their vote into red dominated areas. It could flip some red areas blue that are really close. But I think if you've got an area that's like 55% Republican, 45% uh, you know, Democrat, and then some Democrats move out to that suburb, it won't be enough to change. So you, a, don't, you don't think any of these Democrats are going to change their minds? Definitely not. You don't think so? No I changed way. my mind. A lot of people changed their minds. I did. I yeah. mean, I've never yeah. really party politics. And, it's, and it is true that a lot of Democrats bought guns. Mm-hmm. So perhaps. I looked into trying to buy a gun in New York City. Oh, good How Lord. What was that like? <laughs> There were like interviews required. You know, they wanted blood samples. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I was wrong about that. People will change their minds. We got this tweet. Christopher Brown says, I was far left when I found you in 2018 and you have helped me find my way back to the center. A few weeks ago, you had on the guys from Fresh and Fit and they helped me a lot with my depression. If I'd ever, if I never found, if I never found you, I'd be dead right now. Tim, you saved my life. Hey man, uh, I really appreciate that and the super chat. And you know, what's, what's crazy is, I think when it, when it, going back to those smear pieces, they're like, there was one, uh, apparently I'm the most dangerous political commentator, <laughs> I guess, because the reason is uh, I'm a moderate and that's really, really bad for the far left. It's bad because for the it, profits. It creates a real alternative. 
if you're uh, if you grow up and you're left liberal and this is the tribe and it's the only space you have where you feel safe, and then someone says, "Well, you can always be a suit wearing Christian conservative," they go, "I don't, I don't. That's not me. I won't fit in. I don't believe those things." And then you see rock music, skateboarding, moderates, and that's like that makes more sense for me. <laughs> it's creating apostates for the left. It does make more sense <laughs> for a lot of people. I mean, it's like you look at a lot of the podcasts that are prominent conservative and they're wearing suits and they're very stodgy and, you know, very businesslike. And, you know, Ian's basically wearing his pajamas every day. (laughs) (laughs) I bought more pajama pants. I have seven, at least seven pairs now. And and look at the shows we're making, Mm D&D and and, skating and, and you know, the vlog and the mystery stuff. Dude, the tie is an upside down noose. Why do people wear those? (laughs) Crazy. Someone just grab it. All right. I wonder what the origin of that is. What the heck? It's like subservience or something weird. Kicks a, it's probably like law. Quicks a quicks? Quicks like a quicks says, kind of service guarantees citizenship. Perhaps the way to accomplish this would be to limit the ability for people to vote. They must show gainful employment. Unable to work, there should be other service options available. Support the system to earn a vote. I really do like the idea of service guaranteeing citizenship. It doesn't mean military, and it doesn't mean labor. It just means contribute to the community in some discernible way and you vote what if that's like by getting the vaccine contribute to the community by getting your inoculation we would have to set parameters as to what that means i know it would be like community service so community service at your own discretion is literally like going to a community center and be like you need any help and then they sign it for you and so my, my high school had that uh the high school that i went to and never finished because i only went there for like two months they make you do community service before you graduate at least I'm pretty sure that was the case. I didn't know because I never did it because I left and you know, didn't graduate. So I had to do community service for my confirmation hours, but also for my high school. Oh, see, there you go. Yeah. What see? did you do? Uh, for my confirmation hours, I worked in a like soup kitchen. For like religious confirmation? Yeah. I'm Catholic. Oh, this is this is really important. Tiny, uh, what does it say? Tiny Timmy Y'all? Is that how I'm pronouncing it? Tim, given your stance on 2A, would you disarm me, a card-carrying CCL holder, if I were to visit the Cast Castle for one of your public events, oh, no. Good question, yeah. <laughs> the answer is no. No way. The answer is we're going to have security, and we're going to vet the people who come, and the events aren't going to be that big anyway. And uh, my attitude is you right to keep and bear arms. If somebody wanted to come here and hurt me, there's there's crazy ways you can hurt me or anybody else. So I'm actually not worried. And if someone lets me know that they're armed, that's fantastic. Thank you for letting me know. That's great. Uh, I look forward to you defending us in the event that someone does something crazy. People drive cars all the time. They're not running people over. People come here all the time for deliveries and for whatever. They're not running anybody over. They have cars. They have the means to cause harm. They don't do it. I, I don't view a gun any differently. I don't see like, oh, that guy's got a gun. He's going to attack somebody. I'm like, well, I don't know. Whatever. I got a gun too. So don't draw it. You know, unless there's a life danger, you know, I, I don't think there'll be any reason to. Oh, this is important. Martin Edgar says, 23 suite, 50 room, 26,000 square foot lodge in northern Michigan for sale for a mere 19.5 million on 415 acres with 13 other buildings on the property. Sits on Lake Superior. New vertical launch site being, uh, uh, to be built near, beginning to be built nearby. Search for Grano Loma. All right. So let's just get 20 million people to put in a dollar. <laughs> dollar each. Or, 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 or. Each and every one of our subscribers to put in twenty bucks. Oh yeah, and then we'll uh, we'll pro- procure this here large, massive property, and we'll start a city. Let's do it. <laughs> Not really, but that would be fun, wouldn't It'd it? It'd be so fun. I was looking at Martha's Vineyard properties. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's wow. super expensive. Why? My goodness. 
They're 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 actually not the most expensive I've seen. What's the like, most expensive? I mean, like you look at parts of California and Silicon Valley, and it's like oh, well, twenty sure. million, forty yeah, million. Martha's ludicrous. Vineyard had stuff that was like twelve million, but there's a lot of places that are like a million. And I kind I, of I like Nantucket better, honestly. Yeah, yeah, but then you're like, where do you get your food from? You're like on an island, you know. Yeah, but so is Martha's Vineyard. No, I know, but like yeah. either yeah. one of them. I mean, I'm not moving either of those places, but right. still. That's yeah. the craziest thing about it. I can understand getting a mountain fortress in New Zealand, mm-hmm. but I can't understand getting a multi-million. Well, no, I take that back. If you're worth a billion dollars, you're going to be like, I don't know, whatever. It's like, it's not a big deal to buy a multi-million dollar property. New Zealand, though. New Zealand is bad because Jacinda Ardern is insane. Yeah, yeah but if you're uh, one of these billionaires... The rules I guess don't apply you can to you. do whatever you want. Yeah. Well, as we saw this weekend, right? Because yep. the rules don't apply to Obama or yep. Erica Badu. They definitely don't. All right. Let's see. Uncle Sam says, earlier segment, you said people were crazy who questioned history being right. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure I understand. I propose looking at dictionaries and the changing definitions yearly. Then think of first edition books. Anything after a change. Correct. What are those changes? I talked about something with the third. You know, Biden is being accused of violating the Third Amendment. No. What was this? So with the eviction moratorium, Mm -hmm. there's a group of lawyers who are saying certainly many of the people who are renting properties are soldiers. And if the government is mandating you can't evict a soldier, that is a violation of the Third Amendment. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. And so their argument is the whole thing should be thrown out because there's no there, there was no consideration given to the idea of how they were strict soldiers. Therefore, the whole thing is bad. But at the very least, the court should say if if you're an active duty soldier or if you are a soldier of the U.S. you know armed forces in any way, you can be evicted, which kind of sucks because of all the people who would be evicted. Right. I don't want them to be evicted. But still. However, the interesting thing is the agents of the king who were enforcing a lot of his edicts were the soldiers. Right. So when the count when when the founding fathers were like soldiers shouldn't be able to go in your house. But that's the quartering act that one. No, Third Amendment? Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, there, was, yeah, yeah. there was two quartering acts. One okay. was in 1774, I believe. And that was like what really set everybody right. off. Right, yeah. Pissed but with the real issue, I think, was not that soldiers were occupying homes, but that mm-hmm. agents of the state were stealing property from the people. Right. So what the Third Amendment should actually say is agents of the, of, of the government shall not be able to claim, seize, or take property from an American citizen without due process. Civil asset forfeiture out the window. Third mm-hmm. Amendment. But the Third Amendment says no soldiers, you know, during peacetime shall, you know, be quartered in someone's home or in, or during war without an act of, uh, of Congress or whatever, with, uh, about an act of legislation or something. So the perspective was in 1774, I think it was, the soldiers would go in your house, take your food, sleep on your bed. Right. And they were like, get out of here. This is Yeah, this is they BS. didn't like that. Right now we have cops will actually go in your house and use it for stakeouts and things like that. Mm-hmm. They'll seize property from your vehicle. I think all of that should fall under the Third Amendment. I think the issue is the language changes and the understanding of what the issue was changes. But the core element of what the Third Amendment, I think, represents is being secure in your property from the government just taking whatever they want. People never talk about the Third Amendment. The Fourth Amendment says, you know, search and seizure. Right. So I guess that's why they're like, oh, well, that covers it. But then what? Agents of the state can just go in your house? Yeah. That shouldn't be For different allowed. reasons? For whatever reason they want. I mean, again, the Fourth Amendment does cover a lot of this, but the Third Amendment is a broad protection of your property, I think should be considered and argued. All right, let's see. Admar says, my wife and I are required for jabs at our jobs, have a three-month-old, and standing up for his future liberty, not mine, would rather risk a job than risk freedom. For what it's worth, both have doctorates. Wow. Wow. So that's the, that's the PhD that's people. That's right. That's the PhDs. All right, let's see. 
Mr. Obvious says, YouTube took down my video, which was 100% sourced by the CDC. YouTube is also calling the CDC fake news. The censorship is out of control. And that happened to uh, Steven Crowder. Mm-hmm. The one thing you should have to say always is talk to your doctor. Right. There's, there, the, the, the main reason I say that isn't just because uh, uh, I'm, I'm worried about YouTube censorship. YouTube does say, like, that's one of the things you have to say. But I genuinely think um, show show any of these stories you're concerned about to a doctor because they're going to know so much more than any of us when it comes to, like, certain counterindications, right. well, you underlying so. conditions. I mean, you hope that they will. Yeah. Well, no, no, look. Depends look, look. on the doctor. Here, yeah. Depends but on what sure. they have a doctor I mean, I was in. asking pediatrician about vaccinations and um, I kind of a dodgy answer. You got a bad doctor. If you if you called a plumber mm-hmm. and you said that my my toilet's backed up and he went oh your um uh, a bobo uh, line must be burfed you'd be like I think <laughs> I, I don't, don't think you that. know what you're talking about I'm gonna call a different right. plumber I, I don't understand why people have that 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 uh, like if if your doctor can't give you legitimate answers like you need to find one that yeah is I mean what I'd like to, to know questions. is I, I'm interested to know what the risks are um, you know that they're talking about emergency authorization for vaccinations for children under twelve. And I'm saying, like, is there a way to know what the risks are? Is there a way to, like, are there additional tests that you could run on kids to make sure that they're not susceptible to some of these adverse reactions, you know? Uh, and the answer was no. And right. I was like, really? That's, that's the problem that's, with rushing vaccines that's out. That doesn't is. seem like I the think, thing. I think it's an issue of people taking their doctors, their medical, their health for granted and mm-hmm. just assuming that because you've hired someone, they're good at their job. That's for sure, dude. The The human body is – this has been on my mind a lot too. The greatest gift God has ever given us and to abuse it is dis- is blasphemous and is demonic. It's, it's, a, it's a form of possession to abuse your body, whether that's obesity or – haphazardly injecting yourself with god knows what it's it's a, take not, it I'm take not, it seriously i'm i'm literally not worried about the vaccines you're vaccinated i think the issue is people need to do better when they're choosing their their, their doctors the doctor my family had was a family friend they they knew him they trusted him he gave answered all the questions helped uh, uh, calm people down I think the issue is probably a lot of people have bad doctors. And they're not virologists. You get a doctorate in virology. You get a doctorate in brain in neurochemistry. You get a, a doctorate in philosophy. You're still a doctor. Well, that doesn't mean you know anything about yeah, vaccines. That is nothing to do with what I'm talking well, about. Well, you, you're so. saying go – like Libby was saying she went to a pediatrician and asked about viruses. The pediatrician's not educated in viruses. It's not a virologist. So you're going to get – you need to go to the right doctors, the people that actually know the stuff. And good luck finding them, I guess. You need to go to healthcare practitioners who – are knowledgeable, who have been reading the modern literature and the science, and are going to give you a legitimate, honest opinion based on everything that's going on, not a political opinion. Let's read some more. EW says, Libby, you should look at Tulsa, Oklahoma for the post-millennial. Tulsa is a mid-major city, cheap cost of living, good people, great culture, like a mini Austin, and on the best kept, uh, one of the best-kept secrets in the red states. Hmm. Come down. I'll happily host. What city was it? Tulsa. Tulsa, Tulsa yeah. Oklahoma. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. Nebraska is uh, pretty good, isn't it? I think so. I remember for a while, all the good bands were coming out of uh, what Omaha, Nebraska. Wasn't like Sleater mm. Kinney from Omaha, Omaha, Nebraska. Wow, she's great. Yeah. Florida man says YouTube just gave me a strike for uploading Rams video. What? Medical misinformation, they claim. I'm over the tyranny. We the people need to clean up DC. I mean, that's SF actually, but you know. But I hear what you're saying. I don't know, man. This is the craziest thing because I'm I don't understand how YouTube enforces its rules. I, I genuinely think it's like purposefully vague and confusing. 
I have no idea. All I know is I do not want to uh, assume any liability for someone doing anything dumb. So talk to your doctor about what's mm-hmm. right for you. Yep. Strikes are, are something else. Like you can get striked, struck and banned or whatever. And we have other means. We have the podcast. We got, you know, the website. But I don't give financial advice. I don't give medical advice. Mm-hmm. You got to go to a financial planner and a doctor. So leave me out of that stuff. <laughs> Alex on Earth says, was Loki right in his speech about kneeling being the natural state of human? You know, uh, when Ian was, was saying that, I did want to do the Loki line. He's like, you know, is this not better? Your natural state. Humans mm-hmm. crave subjugation. I don't, I don't, I think he's over the top, but I think what you see is that most people are willing to accept kneeling before a tyrant if it means they'll just get to go to their house, close the door, and eat, you know, a hot pocket or something. To the point where we have social security cards now at birth, they don't even ask us if we want them. We just, mm-hmm. you we just, are registered. Are we born kneeling? Wait, you, know? you, you, Chickens you, and a chicken you get coop. a social security card at birth? Yeah, you're assigned a number at birth. But you have to apply for a social security card. Oh, not the card, the number. You get a number at birth. They but didn't used to, like, to until like the 30s oh, or something. But you have to like apply for it. Like, I, don't I think you just don't you just get a number on your nah. you apply your kid for it. Yeah, I had to like go get it. And oh. what if you don't do that? I don't know. The kid doesn't exist. Doesn't Reminds exist. me of Rick and Morty when he's playing Roy, and they're like, "This guy's taking him off the grid. He doesn't have a social security <laughs> number." <laughs> that was funny. All right, but Lord. you know what's weird about social security numbers? I lost my social security card at one point. And I had to get a new one, and I went to the social security office to get it. And they had someone who was not my mother listed as my mother. And they what? they were, like, asking what? me the emergency questions, like, oh, and who's your mother? And I said, and they were like, that's not your mother. And I was like, uh, she's what? standing right here. Like, she drove me down here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. Pretty weird. Laura Wren says, it's my birthday. And for my birthday, I was refused entry into my girl's ICU because of the new restrictions. July 30th, she was crushed by a semi. Jesus. Four hours away in another state. We have a GoFundMe. Help Carol Ann recover. Not everything is covered by insurance. I'm so sorry to hear that, and uh, I'm sorry to hear about the whole situation. I, best of luck. That's uh, GoFundMe, Carol Ann Recover. All right, let's see what we got here. We'll do a couple more here. Richard Cranium says, with almost 30K people watching, let's hit that like button. Woo. That's right. <laughs> Definitely. All right, let's see. Black Rock Beacon says, to all serving in the armed forces, look up DOD Directive 6200.2, use of investigational new drugs for force health protection. We need to start doing FOIA requests to ensure all protocols were properly followed. Otherwise, VAX is an unlawful order. And I'll stress to people, uh, the DOJ has, uh, uh, I think the Supreme Court's ruled on this. They can mandate vaccines nationwide if they wanted to. Wow. Yeah. What? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. What? I think it was Harmeet Dillon who also did a thread saying, like, she has to let people understand that, like, jobs are allowed to mandate that from you. Yeah. Okay, uh, we'll just do a couple more. William J. says, Libby looks like Elizabeth Moss from the show Handmaid's Tale. Dude, Great show. Very relevant totally to what's going on today. Before. You what? People say that to me. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right, let's see what we got. Zane Peavy says, if you're okay with companies mandating employees get the vaccine, would you be okay with them forcing women to take birth control? Um, I guess the answer is yes. If a company says we, I'm talking about small businesses, mind you, like larger corporations with heavier regulation and thousands of employees are different. I'm saying like a small business. If there's a guy who makes pizzas and it's literally just him in his kitchen and he has to hire somebody and he's like, I don't want somebody who's coming in here and doing, you know, X, Y, or Z. Then it's his choice, you know, within certain within reason. So I don't know. It's a tough question. I got to be honest. Maybe the answer to that one is no, and maybe it's 
not so much an issue of principle. It's an issue of personal morals. And that's an important distinction as well. I might say something like, I don't think businesses should be forced, but I also have an issue with this kind of violation of ethics. And then it becomes a really, this is why I'm never going to be a politician. Mm -hmm. This is why I don't want to be legislating law or writing up what should or shouldn't be because someone's going to say it's not fair if I have to do X if this person doesn't have to do Y. And then I'm just like, bro, I am not going to be a king of anybody. I think human traffickers force girls to go on birth control before they escort them across the border because of the... uh Yikes, man. This is what this is what Ted Cruz was telling me the other day. Was a was it not just me? It was at this conference in Houston, uh, but he was saying that um, the human traffickers force girls to be on birth control because they are going to get raped on the journey. That's messed up. It's messed up. Yeah, uh, yeah. I talked to this other guy uh, um, who was showing me the bracelets that the human traffickers put on people when they're crossing the border. It'll be like, you know, it'll say like mujer on them and stuff, just like identifying who everybody is as to where they're going to be uh like sold off to and stuff it's really a mess it's the people who are profiting from that are clearly the massive international human trafficking cartels well my friends thanks for hanging out we're gonna go uh start doing the members only segment so go to timcast.com become a member and we'll have the bonus segment coming up shortly you can also subscribe to this channel hit the like button leave us a good review and follow us at Timcast IRL, and you can uh, Timcast IRL, and you can follow me personally at Timcast. Do you want to shout anything out, Libby? Oh yeah, uh, I'm Libby Emmons. I'm at the Post Millennial every day, and I'm at Libby Emmons on Twitter. Thanks. Thanks for coming, Libby. Thanks. Uh, yeah, follow me at Ian Crossland, guys. Thanks for coming. Thank you so much for coming, Libby. And I just wanted to say too that part of what we're doing with the culture is giving some kind of alternative because I have noticed that one thing conservatives like to do is say this is bad, 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 bad. So, what are you offering as a what am I offering? Alternative. No, not it's you. Alternative. Like, like oh. or whatever. <laughs> I'm glad you guys are. Answer that question. <laughs> yeah, answer it, Libby. I'm writing a book actually on how to make a conservative arts and culture movement. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. Perfect. Yeah. You know exactly what's up. Go to TimCast.com and we'll try. We, we always try to get this segment up by about 11 or so. So we will uh, see you all then. Bye, guys.
It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. 